Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to episode 101 of our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast glad to be with you here on monday october 8th 2018 i of course am joe Morata. that guy right there as always is michael quinn how you doing michael howdy diddy season 11 underway sir wow 101 a, a new century begins a new century begins here and with that uh, you might notice our new theme music yes this is a uh, hundred episodes in. we use the same song the entire time this is a monumental change we are rolling over to a, a new kind of retro theme little 80s style here i think it fits us better i think it know? fits let's take another listener Real quick. Yeah. Well, folks, we thank you so much for being with us. As always, uh, don't worry, still the same old good retro wrestling talk. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We thank you for being with us. And, Quinn, before we get to any of our talk, we got some new topics. We got some new segments and things like a, that. A lot of changes. A lot of changes. But one thing that hasn't changed is that you can still follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And another thing that hasn't changed, Quinn, the Facebook group. Yes, the Facebook group over at Facebook.Century2. <laughs> Century 2. All right, yeah. I like that. Um, it's the new Facebook site for just this. <laughs> okay. Um, only this episode. Just this it. one. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you go over there, you go type in the search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Yep. And the group comes up, you hit join, and you're in. Yep. When you're in, like, Confluy, yeah. When you're in there, then you can uh, <laughs> join in all the memes and the videos and the gifts and yes. the jiffies or whatever people say. It's a good time. There are a lot of hat things going on lately. Yeah. Lots just, going on, hamburgers. Just a lot of weird stuff, like talking about how Dunkin' Donuts that dropped their well, donuts. And I they finally dropped them. That is They just, dunked that donut for the last time, Quinn. called for, well, first of all. You know what? Maybe it's just a marketing thing. That, yeah. Remember, I have. I'm just, I'm just upset for the time to make the donuts guy. He's been dead for a long time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, go to the Facebook group, talk about Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, we want to, as always, remind you, maybe you've listened to the show, but you haven't joined the group. Maybe you're soured or tainted or sullied by a past wrestling discussion, you know, yeah. where people could be very cutthroat and very cutting and very yeah. mean. No, we don't do that around yeah, here. Don't be Gordon sullied. <laughs> Just have fun, whether you've been a fan for a long time, whether you're a young kid, an old guy, we have a girl or two, you know, you yeah. can join the fun, it'll be a great time, and later on in the show, we'll have some information about our Patreon, if you want to donate at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and some friends of the show, but Quinn, to open up season 11, we're throwing it back a bit to an earlier concept, where it's kind of just going to be a grab bag each Very week. Very open-ended. Yeah, we're going to surprise each other uh, with topics. And this is called, this segment, there's no theme music for it or anything, it's just straight up talk. It's called What's On Your Mind. And each hmm. week, Quinn and I alternate and give each other something random from the retro wrestling that's on our mind. And Quinn, this one you already kind of knew about because I've been bitching about it for He's a while been lately. for months about this, ever since he <sighs> found out about this. So this is what's on my mind, Quinn. Okay. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. I have a bone to pick with them here. Yeah, I know. And I don't oft 
bring these up. Right. I know you don't like to bring up the melts and his matches Manch. and all that shit, but there there's a bone that needs to be picked because it has something to do with old wrestling. Yes, it does. And, and I'm picking impo- this bone. It's important. You want to pick this bone with me? I'll pick it, but right. you, you have to say it <laughs> yeah. first. So the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, obviously, you're probably familiar with that. Dave Manch Meltzer, and he's got a group of goons that vote on these things, right? Lots of goons. Lots of goonies. Lots of groups. And if you're a member of the voting committee, I apologize. But... If you voted for this, um, I don't apologize. Like uh, in Mexico and in Japan, more I, I see them, just like almost like a crutch when you're when you're working a big match. In 1985, and then again from 1991 through 1995, the worst television announcer award went to Gorilla Monsoon. Are you kidding? I just don't even how <laughs> that. It's just a false. How now, did the, this go to Gorilla Monsoon? There are two years of all of these that I could see possibly why, but they're 94, 95. You mean? No, I think 85 and 95. Well, let's do this. Gorilla Monsoon, just a quick overview of him as an announcer. Sure. So, some of the general criticism about Gorilla that I've right. heard is that he doesn't call all the moves. Fine. Okay, great. That's fine. Modern is- some other criticisms I've heard is that he uses hyperbole too much. You know, like, they're literally hanging from the rafters well, and like, you all know that what? stuff. I, to, if you say that to me, I say, it's the WWF. Shut the fuck up. Like, yes. it's, like that's like <laughs> what we expect. It's right. supposed to be the more theatrical version of It's the of best wrestling. of theatrics. Yes, yeah, so like, as Mary Tyler Moore says. <laughs> it's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. She'll always be Mary Richards to me. Always. Uh, not only that, I have heard from people. This is real, too. I've re- I've looked in depth over the years on the criticism of Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> I, you have to look, which is funny because you like can't accept that. I cannot like, accept like this, folks. I love Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I you know- have to actually do research because you don't. You can't <laughs> comprehend it. No, I know he's not infallible. But one of the criticisms I heard, I heard is that he will comment if a move move is not applied properly or a wrestler will do something he'll be like oh you're not going to get him if you don't hook the leg now see i consider these pluses because just let's just take for example some of the really pieces of shit we have to deal with nowadays like byron or something like that right like i won't say cole because i don't know some people like cole now or something mediocre the point is is that they'll say like oh those guys don't even know moves or whatever so if if you're criticizing gorilla for Knowing the moves too well, I don't really right. understand like what people are mad about. Well, the thing about Gorilla is that he would treat it like it was a real sport most of the time. Right. So he, if if he, something looked bad, he would say that it wasn't well executed. Or he'd say he didn't get all of it right. or something like that. He would complain within the context of kayfabe. Like if someone did a move and didn't hook the leg, he'd yell about it. He'd, he'd complain be, if a ref didn't count right. fast enough or he counted really slow, one or the other. So to me, that's like a good announcer because they're treating it like it's real. Right. It almost seemed like it wasn't even like he was treating it like it was real. It seemed like to Gorilla, it was real. Like that's how authentic he would do it. Right. Like he would pick the spots so consistently and correctly right that it makes him seem like he's talking about a real sport but it was a different time also it was a different time the thing is is 1985 let's start i want to break down some of the announcing that was going on in 85 okay right now gorilla in 85 most notably did wrestlemania one with jesse right. ventura he also did all the msg jesse shows calls him gino monsoon the whole time <laughs> and I'm, i was confused as like a fan yeah. at the time i was like who is gino because me and gene yeah. was right there <laughs> next to them for some of the matches yes. so i was like why does he keep talking to mean gene well i'll tell you something gino i didn't believe mean gene oakland so in 85 some of the other prominent announcers 
you had your David Crockett, right? <laughs> you had your Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. You had your Gordon Souple. You had Lance Russell, who's one of the best of all time. So, okay, Gorilla's probably overall an 85 on the lower end of that right. crew. However, <laughs> do you know who announced an 85 prominently on TV sometimes? Johnny V. Yeah. He stunk. He was pretty horrible. Wasn't like Ernie Ladd an announcer in 85? Yeah. Duke of Dorchester do anything in 85? That was a little later, but... Okay. I just don't... He's like the worst. It, You know, any of these years, if the Duke is involved, yeah. did he ever win? No. Okay. You, you know who else was a really bad wrestling announcer, play-by-play or color? Gene Okerlund. Yeah, and well, he, it wasn't his forte. Right. Like, but he did it a lot in 85. Right. That's what I'm saying. How did Gorilla win this in 85? Do you I, think I, he's the worst out of, like, even the WWF guys? In 85? Okay, so the here's the whole problem with all of this. Yes. Are they referring to, like, you have to be the lead announcer? I don't know if they are. They That's just... the only wa- reason, like, I could think of, like, why 1985 Gorilla would lose. If it w- we're only talking about, like, the lead people. You think Gorilla is worse than Vince in 85? No, but 85 I, can, I, can, I, can see, I can see a situation where they would be like, it's either Vince or Gorilla because of the high caliber talent in 85. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I don't think Gorilla is better on a technical level than like a Jim Ross or anything like no, that. No, but Jim Ross isn't around in 85. No, so. but I'm just saying, for example, or Gordon Soley. I mean, I know you don't like him, but... Well, someday, see, here's the thing. It's, uh, back to Jim Ross for a second. I think there's times and places where Gorilla's better than JR ever was. I agree. And I think there's other times when I think JR is is better than Gorilla yes. is, is for just certain situations. And they're events. not good together. Yeah. No, they, they <laughs> should like never be together. together because they're they're kind of the same thing <laughs> right. but a different style, <laughs> right. right? Like Yes. All right, so fine. So 85, maybe there's a case, but I still think if we're talking overall television announcers, he's not the worst. Lead guys, he's he's weaker maybe in 85. That's the only reason I could think Gorilla would lose in 85. Yes. Well, not lose win, I guess. But another thing about this period of time, Quinn, is the big bombastic sports entertainment entertainment announcing that the WWF would really become known for in the 80s mm-hmm. had just started. Jesse and Gorilla just started teaming up as an yep. announced team in 85. So maybe the these observer people weren't ready for this paradigm shift. I was just, just going to say, I it could have a lot to do with um, the newness of Gorilla Monsoon right. in 85. He wasn't an announcer that much yet. No, not really. Because like, we're Couple watching those 82s and he's, he's not, not even an announcer yet. yet. He didn't really start full-time until like 83. Do you think it's a case of how um if you look down this list later on right it says i think 2009 through 12 michael cole is the worst yes that's correct do you think that's because that's part of the shift of michael cole being the lead no guy? i think michael cole was really bad during that period of time he really was i remember him being bad hmm. he was good on smackdown notice he didn't win in any of those years that's that true. he was doing smackdown okay that's fair enough so let's why don't we jump to 91 through 95 now right because now we're 85 maybe but 91 91, okay, so the most egregious years on this are 91 and 92. Yes. Because those are literally the best of all time, like, announcing, let alone, like, just Gorilla Monsoon years. Right, Gorilla and Bobby. Right. At all the pay-per-views they did together. That's the prime period, (laughs) like, 91 and 92, there's no, like, there's no question they're the best. How did he get this award (laughs) after doing Royal Rumble 92 and WrestleMania 8? Right. With Bobby Heenan. Like, how? I don't know! SummerSlam 91's pretty good, too. WrestleMania 7's really good. Wow! Elbows finding their mark right in the sternum area. He's got a broken rib. He can just get a bone from that ugly... Will you stop? I'll have you taken out of here in a 
host of WrestleMania 7? Come on. I was knighted by Queen Elizabeth. I'm not your average run-of-the-mill guy, you know. Oh, you keep it up. I'll have you crowned as well. What didn't people like about it? Folks, if you don't like Gorilla, I want to know why. And mm-hmm. you'll be kicked out of the group after you tell me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but please let me know why. You can do that on Facebook, tweet at us, whatever. But was it just because he wasn't what the NWA was in terms of announcing? I don't get what makes him bad. The NWA wasn't even that good in 91 <laughs> and 92. What are they, what are they talking about? Well, but like that Even style. the commentary's not great. Well, he's not Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone or whatever care. people are. <laughs> I these are the fucking okay. classics. Let me ask you a question, it's like Quinn. Somebody painted the Mona Lisa, and they're like, you know what? That's the worst painting of the year. Like, <laughs> right, right. Or you know what? I don't like the Beatles. Yeah. Which, if you don't, I still I don't. I don't get that. Yeah. But Quinn, let me ask you a question. What to you makes an announcer enjoyable throughout, like a pay per view or a television show? What do you look for or listen for? Or the main thing, personally, for me, yeah. When I'm watching, right in the times when I don't care, like mm-hmm. for example, like. Hercules is doing nothing or something like that <laughs> right. in these shows or Fairly whatever. Common. Or like Paul Roma or something. <laughs> it's the two announcers keeping me occupied as a viewer and keeping me like into it, okay. even though like the match sucks. Right. And the banter between Brain and Gorilla, even if it wasn't about the match, there's okay, so there's there's it's one thing to like completely distract from every match with talking about like the NWL or of something. Yes. It's a completely other thing when like literally the match sucks balls yeah. and you talk about like I don't know that brain stole something from the studio or right. whatever the fuck. Or, like and and so because that's more entertaining than what's going on here. Or a WrestleMania seven during the Katow demolition match. Right. Where you just make jokes. He's just making jokes. You have any idea, Brain, any conception what it takes to become a grand champion? Uh yeah, Sumo. Oh, Sumo? You've got to eat over eleven hundred bowls of rice oh, an hour. Sorry, I asked. With chopsticks. One stick. Will you stop? I think he should throw in the towel. What towel? The towel. Katow is the guy's name. Hey, same to you. You'd have trouble if his name was Fred. His name's Fred Katow? No. A silly name for a Japanese wrestler, Fred. Okay, so that's during something where you don't care. What about a big moment? Like a title giving, change or a grueling match? all the all the attention to that and that's again what these two did yes like think about savage versus the warrior at, at wrestlemania 7 right? oh yeah they're amazing they're, they're really good during that match because they're really doing a good job conveying it's all on the line right like the careers right the way brain and gorilla talk about the reverence for the two careers that are on the line yep it just makes it seem like this is the most important thing happening in the world right now right right I told you my son! One! I do! No! 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 I don't believe it! Look at the look! The unbelievable look! On the face of the Macho King! He's in shock! He is in shock! And you can see the same thing in Brett versus Piper from WrestleMania 8, or the Rumble match in 92. Right. Or Flair Savage in 92. Yeah, Royal Rumble 92 specifically. Like yeah. The, the everything is Everything is on the line. Right. Like the WWF title could go to any of these 30 right. men. And they act like that, too. They sell that, exactly. Yeah. And Gorilla, in general, even not with Bobby, like with Jesse at WrestleMania 6, I thought he did a tremendous job. And at WrestleMania 3, right. like the main events, especially. Yeah, the table had already been set for Gorilla to be the best in 91 and 92. Right. I mean. So I, I don't like Vince. I like Vince more than a lot of people do as an announcer. Yeah. But Vince is not better than Gorilla in Vince, 91 or 2. Vince is the same old Vince in 91 and yeah. 92. That's the thing. It's like there's nothing like 
special about him or right. anything. Like, there's nothing that I would say. This stands out as Vince's best years. Right, exactly. I'd be curious, who was the best announcer in 91 and 92? Do you even know? I bet you it's Jim Ross. Yes, it's Jim Ross from, Bullshit. Eight, from 88 to 93. He's, okay, okay. He's better. He's uh, good. He's just... You like Attitude JR better than NWA JR? Than any JR ever. You, yeah. like high, you don't starting, like high voice JR. Starting in 97, I want to yeah. say, I think JR like comes into his full like... The JR we would know and love. Right, but in 97, that's the JR, like he's post the heel turn and now he's just regular JR. Good old JR. Yeah. This <laughs> is the JR where I say like, oh man, this is like an all-time great announcer. He was. Like, I don't think of him before... That as really any as, as that at all? You don't I, like you don't like you you like him, but you don't think he's I like, the greatest. I don't thing. think he's bad. I just don't think he's like announcer of the year. Are you kidding me? Right. If anything, ninety one and ninety two, Gorilla's the announcer of the year, well, not according to the Observer or and Bobby then, the Brain. Even if you want to like, if I you know. like Bobby better, right? Like, Which you know, a lot of people would. Yeah, I also want to mention that in some of these, like Steve McMichael won it in ninety six, and he's not a lead play by play guy, so color commentators oh, are eligible. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. And therefore, in ninety one. If you want to stick within the WWF, have you ever heard Roddy Piper? Yeah. He's awful. Yeah. Just yelling through every pay-per-view in 91. Oh, he's horrible. He's terrible. Gorilla did... has to keep it together. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? 94, Gorilla getting the worst is upsetting just because he had to deal with Art Donovan and he made that sort of work. <laughs> yeah. I don't get Gorilla winning it in 94 or 5 because he wasn't on TV as much. You know You know what's another one that's really dumb? Just, just on an aside. What? Why is Dusty Rhodes 97? Dusty Rhodes is the most entertaining announcer, one of the most I've ever heard in my life. Because I think the whole criterion was, no, they've got to be serious and technical. Well, and, they, cause you know? I think actually Dusty's a good baseline why this list is broken. <laughs> like, because, yeah, really, maybe our bone to pick is with the entire fucking list. Yeah, because seriously, <laughs> like, if they're giving people like Dusty in 1997, where he's like, he makes... Saturday night. Fucking Saturday night, even like tolerable. Exactly. Like, I, That's, look, when you're dealing with crap, the announcer should make it entertaining. Yeah. When you're dealing with good, the announcer should not distract right. from it. Yes, and that's what, that's the only reason I'm bringing, and I yeah. won't bring up anyone else, but that's the only reason I'm bringing up Tusty Rhodes. Yeah. There's one year on here there where it's actually really good. Lee Marshall, that yeah. is like fucking the best. He was bad. That should have been like <laughs> going back to 1994 or whenever right. the fuck he started because he's horrible. And Coach won it in 03. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. that makes sense. Some of them make sense. Grisham in 04. Most of them don't. You know what's upsetting? Like Don West didn't have it more. Right. <laughs> how was it only one yeah, year? How was it one year? And Mike Adamley only had it. Well, I well, guess he, he only, only did it for one, one year. Yeah. But that's like a worse announcer. A Don West. Yeah. Good. Good, good thing we brought this up. A Lee Marshall. Mm-hmm. Turd Grisham, right? Coachman. Like, they're all bad. How did Gorilla <laughs> win it straight from 91 to 95? 95? Like, did Pettendale do commentary? He's barely there. <laughs> I know. How could he win it if he's not even like, commentating? Did they forget about Steve? Dan Lane? Yeah. <laughs> Never DiBiase on commentary in 95? He sucked. Sean Michaels, even. Like, I mean, God's green earth, yeah. or whatever he said. Yeah, like, it's, it's horrible. I just can't believe that, like, Vince, did they hear Vince in 95? Yeah. What? Two. Oh! oh yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. the worst Vince is 95 Vince. Yeah. 94, 95. 90, 90 Vince. 90 Vince is horrible. So, I guess the whole point here, before we wrap up, is that this list is fucking bullshit most yeah. of the time. <laughs> Basically, this is like... One of the most offensive Meltzer awards I've ever seen. Like, Gorilla it's, winning it's it, so, yeah. It's so wrong. It's like, wrong. What, what, what did he, what 2017 who won? Booker T. <sighs> yeah. Booker T. Okay, can I just defend <laughs> Booker T for two seconds just yes. so we can He's close this fun. out? He's fun. He is Dusty Rhodes of today. 
think about it, ninety percent of the WF product is garbage. Boring. I rather like have Booker T. Be like, Shucky ducky. I don't know what I'm talking about. And but okay, fine. But do you think that that same mentality was in the minds of people in the early '90s, where it's like, why is Gorilla talking about all this bullshit? Yeah, right. We just yeah. want our serious wrestling, and those are the people that vote on this. But I think most fans don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, they don't need serious. They just need to be guided through the show and entertained at the right times. Yeah. But, like, here, just real quick. The year before that David Atunga won, that's good. He's a shitty announcer, he right? He's shitty. JBL won it in 14 and 15. That's a- accurate. He was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Maggle. Wikipedia Maggle. Yeah. Like, all that stuff, right? Adam Lee winning it. I get all that. So, you want to put Gorilla in the same class as Adam <laughs> Lee and fucking JBL and I think Don I, West? You know who I also think is somebody that doesn't deserve to be on this list? Because I really don't think he's that bad. Coach. Like, uh, he was shitty, Quinn. Yeah, but he's somewhere in the middle. Like, he's not, like, the worst. Yeah, wor- he might not be the worst exactly. in the That's early 2000s. Exactly, what I'm trying to say. It's like, he's just... I don't know. Some of these are just stupid. Well, Tony you- Schiavone? Yeah, he was bad in 99, As Quinn, the remember? worst, though? Not, probably not the worst. No. not Like, Mark yeah. Madden was worse in 2000, yeah, I mean, you know, and shit on. like that. No, I know. He's not the worst. Or what about this one, before we get out of here? David Crockett, 86 to 88. David Crockett should never get worse ever. He's an idiot. Like, you're an idiot, Dave Meltzer. What? Now, you like Crockett. I kind of like Crockett. Not a lot of people do. I always found him endearing. Yeah. Charming. He's the most genuine announcer I've ever heard. For example, like, what, the first one ever to win it, Angelo Mosca, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah Angelo is a bad announcer. Yeah. Petey likes him. Yeah. But how did, like, Sean Mooney in 91 yeah, or 2? Sean Mooney's not even on any of this. They did primetime matches. They were on TV, him and Hayes, yeah. every week. Yeah. Like, he should qualify. I mean, in that vein, Lord Alford might qualify, even though he's... I know. We love Lord Alford. But Gorilla's but... better than these two. Yeah, exactly. He is. Exactly. He's better than Vince in the 90s, for the most yeah. part. It's so, just this whole list of bullshit, Joe. So that's what I want to know. So, folks, tell us what's on your mind about these Observer worst uh, announcer awards, specifically Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. We want to hear from you, but I think Quinn and I are in agreement. Like, Gorilla maybe could have won it in 85 because they didn't understand him yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? It was maybe. Like, that's it. That, but, that's like the newness factor. That's yeah. the only one I could ever see. Right. This whole 91 to 95 chunk is upsetting right. and, like, offensive. And especially on one final note, for 93, I got two na- two words for you. Rob Bartlett. Yeah. Like, how did Gorilla win it? That's... In 93. That's crazy. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, folks, let us know what is on your mind about Gorilla Monsoon as an announcer. Should he have won the worst award any year? Maybe you think he should have won it every year. Maybe you don't like the Gorilla. You can let us know on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. You can email us or simply join the group and let us know there. But when we come back, Quinn... The mountain's been taken down. The valley has been smoothed over and filled in. But we still got stuff to rank. Right. And we'll be starting that right after this. You've heard of The Onion. Newspaper out of Madison, Wisconsin, from the yes. university there. Yes, probably the best college paper in the I, I United States. I would say that. But... I want you to see what was on there. November first, front page. Give me a break. Look, maybe at they'll, that. they'll maybe they'll pay the bill for you. I'll pay my $4, own bills. $4,837.12. But see what they think. These are college. This is a youth of America, and they're pulling for me to be president. Boy, are they misguided. Now they didn't say if they meant. For me to dump Jack Tunney? what? See, that's what I don't know. President of the World Wrestling Federation or the United States? I'll look into both of them. Something to think about. Boy, do you need help. You need a lot of help. But it shows you those college kids how, how really smart they are today. You know, 
I Mr. remember Perfect. when I was Coming going to college. Right after this World Wrestling Federation Event Center. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday, October 8th, episode 101. Hey, Quinn, before we get to our new segment that is replacing Rushmore, I want to take a second here and remind you guys of our Patreon. We do have one. It's at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and we have three tiers, Quinn. Okay, the first tier is the raw footage. You get to see all of this, our shirts, our posters, <laughs> all this crap. We do wear like, shirts. In video form. Yes. You get to watch what makes the cutting room full. Or, uh-huh, sometimes stuff does. Yeah, sometimes stuff does. And it, it's a good time. It's a good, It's a good like, alternative way to watch this. Or if you're Mike Crockett, watch it, like, <laughs> only like this for some reason without... It doesn't have any of the, like, inserts or anything. No though. inserts, but you get to see, like, some before before we start, you know, a little banter, a little yeah. cutting room floor stuff. It's raw video each and every week. Every Monday, you get this. Just $1. Yeah. Now, for 2 bucks, Quinn, not only do you get that, but you also get every other Friday. We're still doing Rushmore in Death Valley. It's the extra version. What's that all it about? It still exists in extra form and wackier than ever. Wackier than ever. Yeah. So, uh, last week, we did, uh, what did we do? We did Ted DiBiase. Uh, pro- well, we did the Million Dollar Corporate. Right, Million Dollar Corporations. We've done Dungeon of Doom, which some of you heard. Yep, and we got Doink. Yes, so next week, it's Doink. The Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Doink. Yeah. Doinks, I Now, guess, that's right? going to be like every Doink ever. Anyone like, that ever played top, Doink? The top four Doinks. Calico Chris might qualify. Yeah, and we're the, not sure. And the, and the bottom four Doinks. <laughs> yes. Now, that might be all the midget Doinks. I'm not sure. <laughs> or maybe Alabama Doink. Maybe. Yeah. He, he was good from what I heard. Yeah. So that's every other Friday in audio form. It's about an hour. You get Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extra that's two dollars now for three dollars now you're getting weekly content all kinds of stuff because you get the raw footage every monday every other friday you get rushmore and death valley extra in audio form and then on the alternating fridays quinn what do they get they get the 82 live review 1982 as WWF. long as wwf will allow us to do it or <laughs> yes, whatever exactly. yeah, they're getting very uppity they keep over there. putting monetization on our shit yeah they so keep getting mad. we'll see how long that goes <laughs> we'll but uh it going, it's folks. us watching really shitty wrestling <laughs> in 1982 and, in video form yeah in video form while the wwf gets mad at us for watching really <laughs> shitty wrestling <laughs> that in they put out yeah so you join us for three bucks a month you get the whole kit and the caboodle as well we right. give you the caboodle with that kit and that's for three bucks a month you get raw footage every monday alternating fridays you get the rushmores and the other fridays you get 1982 live reviews and it's patreon.com slash ovp podcast that's if you want to donate if you want to support the show it will never ever ever affect the weekly monday show that will always be free each and every monday so give it a shot if you want to we'd appreciate that but quinn as we mentioned you know in our uh, two-part finale these last two weeks there is no more mount rushmore and death valley on the regular show the death bell tolls for Rushmore and Death Valley. Yes, it does. You know, we ranked the uh, top four and bottom four wrestlers yeah. the last time around. But we still want to rank things, Quinn. Oh, we do. And this is a new segment, folks, called Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Well, I've never been pinned for a three count, man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I have friends on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again World Wrestling Federation champion. And I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I'll win the championship match again. I think Axe is going to win because I think he's the only one who beat Andre the Giant. Yo, go! It is the Royal Rankings Week 
one. Now, Quinn, I guess since this is the first week, we really should make sure everyone knows what the hell is this. We got to get Fink to tell the rules. <laughs> yeah, the rules are simple. All right. So basically, if you guys recall on the Facebook group about a month ago, maybe more, I asked everyone to send a list of your top 20 WWF world champions of all time. And a lot of you did. I got a lot of response on that. And I compiled a list. And whoever got the top 20 <laughs> votes qualified. So there was like maybe 50 names. Yeah, there was a lot. Only 20 made the list. Now, all season long, Quinn and I are going to put two of these guys by random drawing head to head each week and come up with the top 10 WWF world champions now, and the bottom 10. Now, the head to head is going to kind of set a case for each of them. So it, basically, we're going to do one guy, then we're going to do another. And then after we've talked about both, we're going to see who makes the... Now, for the first two, obviously, there's going to be a number one and a number two. Right. But next week, we already have those two guys at number one and two. We're adding two more to the mix. It's a royal ranking. You get right. it? Just as an example, um, entries one and two here, mm -hmm. You know, maybe two is ranked one and vice versa or whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. Then next week, entry three and four comes in, but four is ranked one and three is ranked in the fourth place and the two guys remain in the middle. Something like that. Right. So as the weeks go on, more guys will get added to this list and the rankings are going to shuffle around until by the end of it, we have a number one and we go down the list. We see who the number one champion is and we go all the way down to, to 10. And now it's going to be kind of like how like golf is or something. <laughs> like you, like the, the leaderboard. The, the, you make the cutoff line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like we'll still track who, who gets cut off below 10. Yes. But you know, they're, they're not good enough. So. <laughs> and the final determination by Quinn and I, by the season finale, will be who is the best WWF world champion of all time. That's yeah. what it's going to come With down the to. entrance uh, based off what you, the fans, have entered. Yes, that's one thing I want to mention here. We're going to take you a little longer to explain this just so you guys get it. Don't get scared. Don't get discouraged. This is all going to make sense as we start going. Yeah. We promise you. But I just want to explain that these are based on your votes. Quinn and I didn't vote on the entries. Yeah, We're just ranking the top 20. Right. We're going to put the, them in order. These are the top 20 entries based off you guys' yes. input. And we're not telling you who's made the cut or not. So each week, you're going to get two random entrants yep. until all 20 have entered. At the end of the 20, there will be one winner, and then the rest will follow. Now, and, one thing to also keep in mind, Quinn, is after week five, we've already got 10 guys in there. Yeah. So after week five... People can start getting eliminated from the top 10. Right. All of a sudden, it gets interesting. And once you're eliminated, you don't come back. Yep. So this is just going to keep getting crazier and crazier as it goes on. And there's one last detail before we get started. Yes. This is a rolling list. Correct. Which means that at the end of every single episode, somebody will be deemed <laughs> the greatest WWF champion of all time. That's right. So even after today, yep. for until next week, <laughs> yep. that man is... The greatest WWF champion of all. It's a very important point. It's yep. very prestigious. Yep. And we'll be up front with you. For this one week only, Quinn and I picked the two entries. But after this, we are literally going to draw right. and see who we're going to talk about. So yes. just this week, we know who we're going to talk about. Yeah. So is it time to find out who drew number one? It is now time <laughs> to find out who drew number one. Brett the Hitman Hart. There he is. So Brett Hart was, of course, a five 
two-time yeah. World Wrestling Federation champion. He, unfortunately, for most of that, presided over a very dumpy era in yes, terms of wrestling, you know, the business-wise. I, I think he's one of the first WWF champions to change things for I the think better. Yes, I think he did. He obviously won his first title from Ric Flair October of 1992. Lost it to Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9 and a bullshit finish there. Yep. Then won it back at uh, WrestleMania 10 from um, Yokozuna. Yeah, in his second reign. <laughs> Lost it to Bobby Backlund. Won it again from Diesel at Survivor Series 95. Lost it to Shawn Michaels, that motherfucker, in <laughs> WrestleMania 12. Won it for a day at Final Four and lost it to Sid. And then finally won it one last time from The Undertaker, SummerSlam 97. Lost to Shawn in the screw job. So he was a champion on and off from 92 to 97. About five years on and off as being the world champion. A pretty impressive title victory list, yep. I would say, other than those Yokozuna ones. But. Other than the Yoko ones. Unfortunately, the years 1992 to 97 are right in the middle of their biggest dip in business before yep. they picked up again in Now, would you say that's indicative of Bret him and Hart? Some people like to, you know, that don't like Brett or that like to criticize Brett say that soda's a little out there, say that business sucked when Brett was champion. Well, who who would have made it better? Um, I want to know who in 93 would have. Did Hogan make it better? I don't no, think he did. Not Hogan. Who would have made it better? I don't think anyone. They thought Big Daddy Cool Diesel. <laughs> yeah, that Big worked. Daddy Roseanne over there. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like people were turned off of wrestling. There have been all the allegations in the early 90s of the steroids, the drugs, the sex, like mm-hmm. all this stuff, the steroid trial in 94, like just nobody gave now, a shit. More importantly, though, is that part of the criteria that's going to be an ongoing thing? Well, I mean, I think it's all inclusive as far as the reigns went, right? I guess. Yeah. So it's like it's part of the total package of like, are you the best, best for business kind of thing? Brett had some had some good matches, you know, as well. I would champion. say that's his strongest attribute is his great his matches. Match quality. He's. To me, he's the first WWF champion where match quality was um, finally like made an important factor in yeah. world champions. Because even with Savage in night, especially in the eighty-eight, eighty-nine range, that was more about his personality. Though. Yeah, and he mainly fought big fat guys the way Hogan had. Right, like, it was fought, the same thing just with Randy Savage. Yeah, he fought like one man gang and yeah, and it, Andre basically and stuff. that one man gang match at the tournament <laughs> is like the that's how all that's like that was like how those that turned that, out. That Savage's run in yeah. a nutshell, right? Yeah. But Bret Hart, I mean, the the match he won in from Flair is pretty good. He had that great match against Razor or Oil yeah. Rumble '93. It was like Bret Hart was designed to be a WWF champion who could defend it on Coliseum Video <laughs> like for half an hour. I don't know if that's like, a point in his favor, though, yeah. is the problem there. But think about, like, some of the good shit he had, like, with his brother own, you know, SummerSlam 94 they at the SummerSlam. themselves so well. <laughs> it was so safe. He had some great matches in general. Brett was probably a victim, most of all, of not being the champion during a good period of time for business. Oh, I think yeah. that's the biggest strike. I thought he was a great champion. He represents, you know, I represent what a championship, he, you know, but like, really? Yeah. Like a likable guy could do all the PR stuff, could be like, you know, front and center He's in a, a company. He's a hero according to himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's Even, a hero to children. Hey, I have to laugh at that. And the biggest Brett fan there is, was, and ever will be. But Brett, I mean, heart, Brett, yeah. heart, Brett, heart. <laughs> he hit the <laughs> And he names his kids weird things. But, yeah. you know, all that aside, I thought he... When you check off what a champion should be, he hits most of them. He didn't have the larger-than-life persona, but that was the whole point of him. So, with this, right, I, yes. think, I think it's important that we set the precedent here. Go ahead. Let's go through the reigns and see what are some of the best things he did. Well, okay. In yeah, each reign? Yeah, in each reign. Because 
I think that matters because we're not judging these people based off their whole career. We're judging them based off what happened during their reign. When they were the world champion. Right. Well, he won it from Flair in a decent match. Right. It's, it's okay. It's okay. He defended it against like a bunch of like mid-carters for a while. But I think all those matches, they established Brett as like... The fighting he, champion. The fighting champion, right? That was like the big... That was the angle of his yeah. first reign. Yeah, that was the angle He'll of it. He defended against anyone. Including Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, unfortunately. And now, I personally, Quinn, think the Yoko match is really good for a Yokozuna match, especially at whatever. WrestleMania 9. I think it's one of the weakest matches in that reign. No, I don't know. I think it's... it's I think that reign okay. exclusively takes place on Coliseum Video, which yeah, is weird. I know. He only has the two pay-per-view title defenses, and he loses in the, the Right, but he has 1,000 matches on, like, yeah. 60 Coliseum yes. tapes that happen during, like, that. Like, I swear. He absolutely does. So that's his first reign. It's okay. It's yeah. not great. It's not long. What about his second reign? The 94 reign, I feel like, was his real true That was, like, world his champion. mainstream run. That was, right? like, where they were finally ready to make him really the guy. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. It actually goes to show you how well those videotape matches ended up, like, making him, like, a cult hero. Yeah. Because a lot of people had kept those tapes, and they still remembered Brett. They were like, well, he was the champion on here, and right. I watched his tapes a hundred times over, so, yeah. like, I want him to be the champion, because this was awesome. His main crowning achievement during that reign was the Owen match at SummerSlam. Like we said, I would it's, say yes. it's very safe. Yeah. It's uh, the and, safest match. But the one that he lost it to against Backlund is a piece of crap. Yeah, so he goes down in defeat to Bobby Backlund. That um, sucked. I in one that. of the worst matches I've ever seen yeah. Brett have. Don't tell Chad Campbell that. He's yeah. a very big it's fan of that horrible match. match. It's, it's, it's very boring. It's only fun because of the ending. <laughs> yeah, like, Owen's, and yeah, Owen's amazing. And Bob, Bob Backlund, like, that long <laughs> yeah. celebration. Like, it's so long, and, like, Vince is just in shock. I can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and the crowd's even in shock. Yeah, it's because it was so, like, really? Bob Backlund won this? Yeah. Now, what about Brett's underrated third reign? That he, he bitches about. He's like, I was a transitional champion. The one when he beat uh, Big Daddy yeah, Dunk over there. That's a good way to win. Yeah. I you mean, love that match. Okay, that is one of my favorite Bret Hart matches. It's one of the most, like, out of nowhere, like, I never yeah. saw it coming. Um, it's actually a pretty physical match, too. There's a table bump in it. There is. Brett takes a table bump. Yeah. yeah. It's violent. It's yeah. pretty violent for and, 95. And Daddy Cool over there <laughs> Daddy turns, cool. turns heel after the match. Yep. It was like almost like, yeah, well, Brett should have just been the champion all along. That's what that felt like. I know. Because in Daddy Cool's reign. <laughs> cool Daddy. You, in Cool Daddy's reign, Brett was the guy, in my opinion, who be, who came closest to dethroning him back in January. Yes. So it was you almost all, beat him right then and there. Yeah. So it almost made sense that after a year, like, you know, Daddy Dunk is tired and like now he has to fight Brett again, who's like fresh. Right. And he beats him. Right. Just, but just by like an inch. Barely. Yeah. Yes. And then that great match, I love the one that he has against Bulldog in December. Yeah. 95 in your that house. That actually is a good it's match. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Undertaker won at Rumble is kind of poopy. Yeah, whatever. And Why then, does the Undertaker always get a shot at Rumble? <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, there's a Diesel cage match at February uh, 96 in your house, which is okay. And then the one where he loses it to Sean, which is good, but I don't think the Iron Man's an all-timer. It's not an all-timer in my opinion either. And that's that reign. The fourth reign is nothing because he literally had it for one day, but right. he won it in a very good match. The final four. And it made sense. Like, Brett's a champion again. Okay. okay. For, if you're judging a short reign, the match he wins <laughs> it in is probably the only match you can really judge <laughs> yeah, it by. Exactly. So it's actually a good reign. I guess. Because <laughs> but... it's like one of the best matches I've ever seen. I get like, it. The is, Final Four is really, really it's good. It's really if good. If you've never seen it, go February. look it up. It's great. It's a shame that Brett's reigned in less. But if you ask me, that kind of goes into the chaos of the WWF at the time in general. Yes, and so it's actually like a storyline reason yes, why Brett should lose it so quickly. Pissed off all the time too, right? right? Yeah. 
So then we get to the last reign, five. The Undertaker match with Sean as a ref, good, I think. I think, I think this is the poorest reign, though. Uh, well, what else does he do? He has a rematch. So, a Patriot, uh, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, because you're right. Outside of the rematch against Undertaker at one night only in England, yep. which is very good. That's their yep. best match. He's fighting the fucking Patriot and like Farouk and stuff, and yeah. it's really bad. And then so, the I would job, say so. it's between this and the Coliseum home video reign are actually the worst because the, that one is just not even like mm. on TV. Yeah, you're I, right. I would say the final four reign's almost better because it's like it's more about the chaos and yeah. like he wins it in a great match and he loses it in a match that's bullshit. And right. it's like kind of like it just it's very like emblematic right. of what's going on. So overall, before we move to our next participant here. Bret Hart uh, has the makings of a champion, though, right? He's got the, right. the look of, like, a, a down-to-earth guy who can do good with the kids, do the appearances. Great wrestler, obviously. One right. of the best wrestling, in my opinion, the best wrestler that was ever the world champion, I would wrestler say. Wrestler-wise. Wrestler in the ring. It's, yeah, Not the greatest pr- promos. There's some guys that might, as we run. go on. Not the greatest promos, but his 97 work was tremendous, like right. the Heart Foundation stuff, but he wasn't really the champion for a lot of that. But decent promos, not great. Uh, overall, I'd say great, but Quinn, let's see who drew number two. It's the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, All right, he's your boy. Well, well, here we go. I mean... Our boys are facing off in round one. How coincidental, right? Yeah, how coincidental that we pick these two. Yeah. Our favorite wrestlers, if you're newer to the show, my favorite's Brett, Quinn's favorite is Shawn. And they are, they go hand-in-hand, hand, Quinn, in terms of changing the uh, the paradigm, yes, basically. The, the, um, going from, like, big, bombastic wrestling... Yeah, big, at, fat guys. Big, fat guys, yeah. Big, fat heel versus yeah. big, strong guy. Yeah. It wasn't that anymore. Now it could be like, anything. Like, long 20-minute, 30-minute matches right. that are hard-fought yes. and, like, just good. Now, Sean was a champion uh, only only a little bit, you know, three reigns. Three reigns, but, um, you know, I think... They, they mattered. They mattered, and they were kind of... They established Sean for all time. He never really needed the belt after the third reign. He, he really didn't, and yeah. when he came back, he never had this belt. He did right. have the world title, which, for the record, folks, before anyone asks... Yeah, this this needs to be said. This is the WWF world title, like the original WWF the world heavyweight champion. back to, like, Buddy, Buddy Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, that so one. If you win any of these alternative, like, if you win, like, the SmackDown championship <laughs> right. or whatever the fuck... The big gold in 02 yeah, or whatever, yeah. it's not that one. Yeah, it's only the one that's, like, the actual 1969 right. one. Yeah. 1963. Sorry, 1963. Yeah, that belt. So, Sean first won at Quinn. Obviously, as you well know, you were there sitting there with your Shawn Michaels gloves. Oh, I was sitting there and I was very excited as Sean <sighs> defeated uh, Brett Hitman Hart in an hour-long match um, that went to overtime. B- b- uh, de- horrible. Death overtime, horrible. what they call it? Sudden death. It was sudden death horrible. Overtime. I was mad. It's bullshit. <laughs> I, Brett's right. It was supposed to be one hour. Gorilla waddling in like, no, it has to be a winner. What's this all of a sudden? Now now you don't like Gorilla's decision. Well, I didn't like him as president as much as I did as an announcer, Quinn. But, I mean, <laughs> it, the, the commissioner's uh, word is final, Joe. President. President. Whatever. President Monsoon, don't ever besmirch him by calling him a commissioner. <laughs> Sorry. You're putting Pre- him on the level of slaughter now, and president that's not good. President Monsoon's decision was final. Yeah, yeah. Sean hit the sweet shit music, Shut and up. that was it. I uh, hate this. The world champion, Shawn Michaels. Okay, and that's his first reign. Yeah. He immediately has a tremendous 
match, maybe even better than the Brett one against Diesel at Good Friends Better Enemies. Great match. Is that really? the one with the leg? Yes, it's the <laughs> leg match. <laughs> yeah. Tremendous way to start the reign, though. Seriously. Yes. Ser- he seriously, that established the precedent that every match in this reign is going to be like, Basically, I felt Sean's MO was, I'm going to be better than Brett at the wrestling. Uh, probably it was yeah. what he tried. He wasn't better, but I mean, he tried. I think he was close. He was close. If anything, I think, I and actually, I think he was more consistent. That's the one thing I would yes, say. Yes, uh, I agree with you there. Yeah. And maybe that's opponent choice, or maybe it's just mentality. He had a pair of decent matches with the Bulldog, maybe where of Dog 1 and 2, yeah, and then and also the, King of the Ring. We haven't had any gaps yet, and we're already like, what, right. three months in? Like, yeah. There's no bad anything. The Vader stuff at SummerSlam was okay. Right. Not amazing, but it was okay. One of the weaker matches, yeah. The Mankind match at that, Mind yeah, Games. Mind Games match is, to this me, that's, is like the, that's the classic. That's Man. the one that, like, oh, fuck, like, Shawn Michaels. I didn't realize how good this is. Yeah. And our wrestling quality. Wrestling quality. Now, I will say the subtext of all this is, uh, as far as business and, like, I don't know, interestingness. It's not I guess good. It, it's it's kind of whatever, but, like, you can't dispute that if you're going by match and star ratings, yeah, like this is already superior to the previous person's first rate. You mean match like this? Five-star match and six-star match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Five-star match. Yeah, I mean, Sean was in his peak as a professional wrestler from 96 to 98. Yep. And I think that's one of the benefits Absolutely. to waiting to put the belt on him, too. They put Brett, and maybe he wasn't at his peak as a professional wrestler Probably not. I mean, maybe 92. Yeah. He was 92, 93. So then Sean finally loses it to Sid in November, which I loved as a kid. But even you kind of like that, right? Yeah. That Sid that, match, it's to fun. me, that was, it was odd because it just felt like, and I mean, maybe this is a, a good decision in general. It was like Sean was having great matches. He was. But he needed something to put a fire under him. Yeah. Because the day after he won the title, Quinn, he cuts the God's Green Earth promo. Yeah, and he's Mr. Baby. He's face. wearing a hat. Yeah. He is. He's wearing a hat. That would go in the Death Valley of hats, maybe. Yeah. All right. But now, hold on, Vin Man. I'm the champ. I'm not finished talking. Who cares? And actually, he's just an asshole. Losing it to Sid for like a month or whatever was probably the best <laughs> yeah. thing that could have happened to him. Because he became a big douche again. Right. He, he did. became a big douche again and he came back with like a vengeance. Yes, he like it was great. De- he defeated Sid at Royal Rumble. And then, of course, he faked his knee injury and he lost his smile right. and found it but, eventually. Okay. One thing I will say about all of this. Oh, God. And it's not a defense. Anytime I bring this no, up, you have a, to get on your high horse no, over here. No, it's not a defense. It's not a defense. What is it? It's that even though it sucks, yes. like I hate it, right? Yeah, I think it helped really establish in kayfabe, not in real life, mm-hmm. just in kayfabe. Like this is the kind of like <laughs> this is what Shawn Michaels is. Well, it established that in real life too. Yeah, but anyway, I just think that like if this hadn't happened, I think we wouldn't think of Shawn as the controversial type. We right. would think of him as Hi, I'm the champion. <laughs> yeah, right. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. Like so, it's like this actually kind of is a story building moment in a weird way. Okay, fair enough. Now. The second reign was nothing. It was a month, and he barely... Yeah. I don't even know when he defended it on TV. Yeah. And then, of course, he gets his third reign, his third and final yeah. reign. Screw job. That we've talked about ad nauseum. I'm done talking about no. it. We don't need to. We, we had an hour and a half documentary about that. Piece of shit match against Ken Shamrock. Yep, and that, to me, was more Shamrock was... Sucked. Shamrock, Dur- yeah. Like, didn't belong in the main event in 97. Right. How about that? Now, this reign is hampered by the fact that an injury happens in the next match with the, with the like, a legitimate injury. Yes. Ironically. For real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> right. Yeah, the Undertaker Royal Rumble, that which was good. Yeah. That match is good. That match is good. Um, And that's it. Yeah. That's it. He loses it to Austin. Decent, you know, they were both very yeah. hampered by yeah. injury. It's interesting. You look back to this as, as just as the WWF champion. Yeah. 
Um, the first reign is considered so good from a wrestling perspective. Shawn Michaels, the professional wrestler. Yes. You know, he never needs the title again. You think so? I, I That's personally my belief is what, and, and I think what was the logic all along when he came back in the 2000s was yeah. like, he's a legend. Like he put on like the best matches possible yeah. during a period that sucked. You're right. You can't get much better like that as far as reputation wise right. than that. So let's get to Sean then in terms of besides of the wrestling, because his wrestling was great. Brett's wrestling was great too when he mm-hmm. was allowed to wrestle and people. And I think that's what's going to make the wrestling actually a, a, like a moot point with yeah, this whole thing. It, it might cancel it out. Yeah. Business was not great during Sean's first reign. Uh, I'm not blaming that all on him the same way I'm yeah. not blaming on Brett. The NWO had was just started like right now, after Sean won it. second and third-ish reign. A second, I don't month. even count. Yeah. It the, was a month. The third reign, though, that yeah. business was ramping up big time. Yes, it was. And as I a think result he, of the... he was a contributor, even though I know... Like, oh, every, DX? Uh, no, yeah. they mattered. Yeah. During his second reign, we forget, we're, we're counting, we're, if we're just counting the matches, sure, it's not the greatest because he just didn't have it. But, but during on... that time, a lot of stuff happened with like DX. Yeah, he was on TV every week. Yeah, he was on TV every week. And I think a lot of controversial stuff. So him as the entertainer all of a sudden, yeah. that kind of puts some points in his favor. I agree there. From a PR point of view, we talked about that with Brett. Now I think Sean is very likable. Yeah. He's kind of smarmy back then, though. Like, I think yeah, he was okay. He did do the appearances and all that. I will say this, as a fan of him and, and, and mm. just looking back and seeing people who were fans, it's not like he was a champion who wasn't um, loved by... by Women and children. And, a, and just groups of fans in general. There yeah. were, there was people, you, you got the men crowd because of the wrestling aspect that's that, about all they had on him yeah right they were like this guy is he, he is one of the best wrestlers right yeah. there, there's no doubt about he was it. awesome in 96 yeah. i'll admit that right yeah you and, know i will never never take that away from him right he's one of the best wrestlers the women you know of course i, I guess because young guy I, I, he's a young guy he looks fairly decent i i guess i don't know i'm not a woman so i don't know oh <laughs> i don't know what no, if know. he's if he's considered attractive or not but same size as brett you know, yeah. same general, yeah. like, you know, smaller guy that can really fight. I mean, that brings us to to ranking time. I think it's time to put them head to head in all these categories. Okay, it's now. now time to yeah, uh, it's now time to rank them, folks. So that's what we're going to do. So after we go through, you know, each guy week by week, we're going to see where they fit in. And obviously the slate is clean at this point. One guy's got to be number one. Yeah. And that might take into account why this segment may be shorter than others. coming. This, yeah, this one might be shorter. Don't get scared. Okay. Yeah, Don't yeah. get discouraged. I, we know you like Rushmore. Yeah. Okay. We know, but. Just stick with us here, folks. We promise you it's gonna it's gonna keep rolling, gonna okay. get more intense. But we just gotta put two. We gotta put one better than the other. This is interesting because it's and Brett the winner, and Sean. you know, the winner here is going to be the for the for one week will be the best yep. WWF champion and depending of all on, time. And maybe maybe for maybe for several weeks. Several weeks. We don't yeah. know who the next two this guys is a, are. This is be. a big precedent to set here. It is. Now, okay, we talked about the wrestling. Now remember, this is as champion, folks, not career. So we have to gauge it within their reins. They both had really great matches I as think world champion. I think cancel it out, Joe. I, I, think, I don't think there's... Yeah. It's really subjective to which style you like, I guess. Because like, Brett was more, you know, I'm the more hard-hitting, gritty, technical wrestling. He's more the high-flying. I wouldn't even say Sean's the high-flying. It's more like uh, athletic. I don't know how else to describe it. More like, you know, skinning the cat. And yeah, like, a little more athletic. Um, the, the bumps are more dramatic. Yes, and more flamboyant. I, yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term, yeah. more flamboyant. Right. His style. But again, it's still a technical style at its core. Like, at, Brett, as, at, yes. like Brett. But not as gritty as Brett. Brett's right. more like, uh, I'm going to make this hurt. You know, Sean, it, Sean is more like, he's I'm going like, to flip and flop and take big bumps and yeah. spots and stuff. 
he's more like Muhammad Ali and Brett's more like George Foreman. That's you know fair, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to hit you hard and uh, I'm yeah. going to hit you hard. And I'm going to come back. And Sean's like, I'm going to duck and dodge. I'm going to hit you with the big move, but then I'm going to then I'm going to get out of the yeah. way. OK, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Promos. Sean's aren't good either, Quinn. Sean's yeah. not a good promo guy. Mm, man, I actually disagree. Because, he sucks. Because I think Sean no, can terrible. get you to care when you're not expecting it. And I also think Sean can be controversial, especially in that ring. Brett is Brett's, one mode, and it's I'm like a hero, and uh, you know, not always. No, sometimes he's not. Let's let's be fair here. Come on, Sean's '96 promos are awful. That whole like, that is, hi, gee golly, I'm a fake. Like, right, he's terrible. But, but you um, compare that to the the third reign when he's like I very agree. controversial, and that's the Sean people remember, and that's the Sean that went forward. I believe that Sean was not a good talker. But yeah. what he said was good, if that makes yeah. any sense. The way Sean talked was very much like this yeah. all the time. The heartbreak kid waits on absolutely nobody. It wasn't E-A-U yet. No, he could still say words back then. No, but he also had his but whole, like, uh, what that's going to leave a mark. And, that like, sucks. And, like... It, DX and I'm doing, uh, yeah, the, doing yeah, the DX, DX and thing. doing the DX, right? Yeah. Brett obviously gets a lot of flack for his promos, but if you listen to them, I'm not saying they're like all time. Believe me, there's a lot of better promo guys as champions than Brett, but they're realistic and to the point. I'm going to take on all challenges. I don't care who it is. They'll all get their shot at the championship belt. There's at least that aspect, which goes in line with his character. And with the flamboyant with Shawn Michaels, it's a lot of smack talk. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a lot of, you right, know, right. better than you. And so he brings up a lot of weird sexual things sometimes. But that was of the time. That right. was like everyone making, trying to break barriers, right? Yes. So, I will say this, though, Quinn. Yeah. As a champion, Shawn Michaels much more obnoxious and not in a good way. That's, like, yeah, and, the stupid dancing and the kids and the and Brett's just like, I'm going to fucking get in the ring now, and I'm going to wrestle. I personally always thought that that was more the company trying to make him sort of like what Brett was as like a family kind of character. Like, it's ironic. But, but it's weird because they're trying to, I always thought this was really stupid and, and strange, but it was like them trying to like, make a family style character out of a character that literally like when he started in 1992 yeah. is supposed to be like a sexy right. like boy thing or you know like I don't know like he's a weird kinky dude well, or whatever the fuck he is it, like it didn't work because he in real life he was a 31 year old unmarried guy yeah. whereas Brett really did have a family and was older so right. like for Brett it was real you know maybe too real for Sean it was it was putting a square peg in a round hole because Sean was not a family guy in real life yeah so it but he would later become and later. which was which I always thought was weird too because he still kept the sexy boy <laughs> music but then it's like wait he has like kids yeah, and like he's a little embarrassing <laughs> so in terms of overall I think Brett edges him out just slightly. I really do. Okay, so not... I do too, and I'll tell you why. Okay, let's I hear it from one, Quinn. The one thing that, as champion, yes, as, as champion, champion, I know Quinn. I think Brett's thing went on longer. All his championship runs combined, five years, five give year, or take, five years, give or take, and um, constant quality. I think Sean did a better job in the short term. Ninety six was amazing, right? Wrestling and, and, wise. And, he, if anything, actually, I feel Sean kept the company afloat in an even worse time than Brett somehow. I don't know that 90, 
six and seven. I don't know truly how bad they were financially. Creatively, though, 96, one of the only reasons to watch until the fall when Austin heated up was Shawn Michaels. Right. So Shawn kept them afloat that way. At least creatively. Yeah. The storyline sucked. Like the Diana thing with Bulldog. Yeah. It, it was all bad, but it's matches it was were always, good. It was always like trying to put accusations almost against it's his horrible. heel character, but he's a face it's, now. Yeah, I'm so dumb. And I just never liked the whole like making him try to be like a family style I character. Like I just didn't get it. No, I didn't like it either. But that that's all management. That's not the performer. Right. That like I'm sure Shawn Michaels the man didn't say, "Let's make my character like fucking like, you know, the 50s or right. like 1950s dad or something like <laughs> Ward Cleaver." Yeah. What would you say is the high point of each each man's reigns, like any reign, highest best thing they ever did in each reign? For me, I would say Brett's highest point was the Owen feud in the summer of 94. I think is the best thing or maybe winning it from Diesel at Survivor Series 95. What about for Sean? I would say, and this is a weird thing, but I would say it was the formation of Degeneration X as the champion. Well, he on hadn't, top, the, he the hadn't won it yet, icon. but it was just about, yeah, yeah the DX run yeah. of him as champion because it helped usher in the Attitude Era. Right. And it really did. I don't know if Sean gets enough credit for that. No, his, his character of being the controversial champion, like even they somehow made the screw job work in legitimizing him in a weird way because if everything's all like, crazy and strange and weird then him the way he won the title the fashion he won the title is indicative of the time period right. and makes him more convincing it's like he's he, he bucks authority and fuck okay that, you know what i mean like i can give you that right would you also say that uh sean losing to steve austin was a good way to kick off the austin right. era yeah like that I, made sense with all that, that considered I think that was a very important thing that he did it, it the guy that could in losing it who wasn't known for being gracious or anything no. losing but in this in this particular case he just lost it and left but you you still think Brett holds the edge by like a tad just- I just think it's like a little bit and I think honestly I truly think only longevity is what keeps him edging Sean out See, in this I, case. I think it's more than longevity. We're canceling out the wrestling aspect. That's what, We've but that's why I think that, right? the longevity matters more is because if the wrestling is kind of equal then I just think when you think of a champion Brett has just something about Brett seems more champion like. Well, I think than that goes Shawn Michaels. More, I think that goes more to your love of Brett because Maybe. personally, to, to me, I think Sean represents this like athletically gifted, like like he's truly like the best guy. Yeah. on the roster wrestling right. wise, right, right, like because of like his athletic athleticism. Brett's more gritty in that sense. I find him in a weird odd way less athletic and like well he is at less athletic yes right, like I, I agree not less talented but He's it's not. <laughs> Brett Brett is more his talents more acquired from experience where Sean has been graced with that I like that you know what I mean that's a good way to put it maybe that makes them perfect rivals right like Brett is like about earned experience and Sean's about gifted by just like yeah. birth like yeah you, you know but based on his body type and everything brett got beat up by his dad all the time right and exactly. then sean just got to hang out with jose lothario <laughs> but he was like naturally good at everything that was the point like, he was yeah. a good football player blah yeah. blah blah brett you know feared for his life as right. we found out last yeah, week exactly. with his dad this uh, water buffalo he was feeding under a, a tree sort of just grazing and uh his damned uh, tiger, I think it's a tiger or a... 
but we are going to agree that Bret Hart for number one, Shawn Michaels at number two. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm purely saying on longevity. That's my personal like final opinion. Is is longevity is what squeezes him ahead of Shawn uh, Michaels okay. and timing. I think timing too. I mean, yeah, overall it's close. Like yeah. they, Shawn and Bret are forever intertwined because right. they're so similar, and it was right around the same time that. They're always neck and neck in a lot of categories, whether it's intercontinental champion, right. world champion, I think, a lot of things, wrestling ability. I prefer Brett, you prefer Sean, but I, I appreciate you, you know, yeah. acquiescing here. Yeah, too. no, I, I personally believe that, though. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I, I I think Sean's career is defined mostly by his second half. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, the first half is like an establishing period for him right that okay this guy's like a world champion class athlete right. um he's he's one of the best in the ring right and it, it's a shame that he has to go but when he came back it was like it was awesome. oh we get to see like this guy without the strings attached of having to like earn his reputation right, right. and like all this bullshit even behind the scenes right just like, wrestling just like that ability apply it to everything shelton ben like anybody right, yeah. like like shelton kurt benjamin angle. john morrison sure. kurt angles of the world it's like you know what i mean like anybody and everywhere apply that that without the strings. Whereas Brett's legacy is defined by the years that he was champion, 92 to 97. it's defined by the title because Brett's yes. only object ever, as we even saw from Wrestling <laughs> with Shadows, was, was being the champion. Yeah. And that's where he really proved that like, this guy could work his ass off and he can yeah. you know, reliably entertain you in the wrestling ring. Okay, so let's congratulate Quinn. Yes. The best world champion at number one, Brett. The Hitman Heart, number two, Shawn Michaels. Congratulations to Shawn Michaels, the yep, second the best up. That's right. WWF champion ever. Yep. Folks, be sure to let us know your rankings after each and every episode. You can have your own top ten list as we go. Let us know your number one and two. Who do you put at number one? Who do you put at number two? Do that on Facebook. You can join the group if you haven't yet, or you can do it on Twitter at OVP Podcast, or send us an email. But Quinn, when we come back, we are previewing something, although I wish we wouldn't. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. You know, nobody likes partying more than the rockers, but the party's over when you start smoking. That's right, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling doesn't include smoking. Be a survivor. Don't smoke. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows more about being cool than the hitman. And let me tell you something. It is not cool to smoke. Be a survivor and don't smoke. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here for episode number 101. Hey, Quinn, did you know there are other wrestling podcasts out there? I never knew that. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of any. Oh, wait, maybe I have. A there, couple. Uh, there's like two, right? There's two or three, yeah. yeah. And we like to shout them out each and every week. These are guys just like us. No big names, okay? No big sponsors. No big network. You know, no. not Westwood One. These guys are independents just like we are, and they're really good podcasts, and we like to give them some love each and every week. Let's start with... The Wrestling Podcast about nothing. That is WPAN. It comes out every single Monday, Quinn, and two guys host it. Two guys that have been in the business before. One of them is a full, well, a current wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus, and that would be Big Daddy, Mike Crockett. I think you're being a little liberal with current wrestling referee, but... <laughs> All right, maybe like an ambiguously former when wrestling did, when referee. When does he become just 
performer. <laughs> I don't know. Crockett, want to let us know? Yeah. Uh, but he's joined Quinn by a current wrestler. That's right. He is ROH's own, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. The Wine City Whaler. The Wine City Whaler. Maybe wrestling in Madison Square Garden of all places. In April. Yeah, Possibly. we'll be there. We Possibly. will be We're there. We're rooting for him still. So yep. um, if anybody at Ring of Honor is listening to this show. Yeah, Carrie Silken, is he still with them? No. He no. doesn't own that place anymore. <laughs> I know. Um, who, fat Pants. Fat Pants. I don't know who, who can pull the strings over there. But Any string you, pullers. Can you get the whaler in a match here? We want the whaler in the yeah. match. But these guys do a great show, Quinn, because each and every week what they do is they bring their unique perspective as two guys that have actually worked in the business, unlike us, you know, members of the wrestling media. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, media. unquote. Yeah, media. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike Francesa, <laughs> we're like our baseball career. <laughs> you know how he says that. My baseball career. He was played like junior varsity or yep. something. Anyway, what these guys do is they talk about some current stuff, some retro stuff, some reflections on their time in the business. Really great show. Check them out. WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Every single Monday, you can check those guys out. Also give a listen to our little brother, Quinn. Baby little, brother. Little baby Petey. Yeah. Little Petey Winson. And he hosts a show called Greetings from Allentown. G.F. Allentown. You can check him out on Thursdays in conjunction with the Pro Wrestling Only feed. Very pro wrestling. Very only. Very only. When now, what this guy does, this is tremendous. When it's huge, it's, it's tremendous. It's, it's the most tremendous. Because he's one guy. Yeah. There's only one of him. There's only one Petey Winston. I don't know how he does it. I'm, one is the loneliest number, they it, say. It really is. And each and every week, he will take an old episode of wrestling. Maybe it's WCW Worldwide from 1994. Maybe it's, you know, Mid-South. Who knows what it is, WWF. And he'll take that one-hour episode and ostensibly, yes, that's right, he will review it. But really, in the midst of reviewing it, he really just tells stories about his past. I would say he reviews it. If you put air quotes around it, that's yes. what he does. He, he reviews it yeah, uh, while also giving personal reflections and anecdotes and insight. It's a very unique show, though. Honestly, I've it's never heard anything. It's very unique. So check out GF Allentown <laughs> on Thursdays. Moving on to booking the territory with Mike Mills. Now, Quinn, we're northern here. We're very northern. We're in the I New mean, York metropolitan area. we're doing 10 episodes ranking WWF <laughs> champions. So. Yeah, it doesn't get much more northern than this. But anyway, Mike Mills in booking the territory, what they do is they're the southern fried version of OBP. Get your grits there. Yep. You know, lots of grits. Collard lots. greens, your bacon fat, uh, lard. To, you can go to the Coca-Cola factory. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what they do is they take a look at the stuff south of the Mason-Dixon. Dixon line, Quinn, you know, the look at the Smoky Mountains, which don't have any smoke, by the way. I don't know what's the deal. I don't understand. Is that really considered South Smoky Mountain? Yes. But it's in like North Carolina. Well, it says it has Kentucky. North. In the name. I don't know where I the hell it's like, it. I thought it's in like Tennessee, which but I don't. Doesn't even matter. I never could understand why they consider Tennessee the South because it's, it's like the here. West, but it's more lined up with the North. I don't have time to give you geography lessons, yeah, it's but it's very, below the Mason-Dixon. It's okay. the South. I guess. It Does counts. it matter what state it's in? It's the same shit. It's all know. the same down there, but not really. But anyway, check out Book in the Territory because they do that. They also do the NWA, which is definitely the South. You know, the yeah, Crockett era, very so- Southern, very Southern. And uh, you yeah. check out Book in the Territory, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Thing, and G.F. Allentown. Those are our friends of the show. But Quinn, as we've been doing for so long now, we are reviewing something. And this season, <laughs> we're getting back to the uh, the good, the bad, and especially the ugly. What a wonderful way to welcome us back to uh, this. The grab bag of reviews, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. You know, we spent 10 episodes last season doing some pretty good stuff from the 90s. <laughs> Not so much now. Uh, we can thank Gino Cuddy for this one. Yep. This is UWF Fury Hour. Yes, just to clarify, we did ban this promotion before. We did, However, we're I, resuscitating it. I don't know why. Um, don't somehow know. this was it slipped uh, through the we, cracks. Somehow we 
agreed to this. We I, did. So whatever. this one's for you, Gino. So thanks for this suggestion here. This Gino Monsoon. Gino Monsoon. <laughs> He's is... not involved with this. <laughs> UWF Fury Hour number six. It's from November of 1990. Quick background on the UWF. We have reviewed it before. This is actually the second UWF because Bill Watts changed Mid-South's name to the UWF in the mid-80s. Herb Abrams, a noted cocaine man, yeah, decided, very cocaine, uh, very cocaine decided to uh, form a wrestling promotion in 1990, <laughs> and he used this name because it was available. That's, like, it's the only reason he used it. Now, Herb, you know, has always come off to me, and I think I've said this before, but it's just like a wrestling fan who kind of has a little bit of money. He's not like wealthy, I would say, but he's... Because he, he had, spent it all on the blow. Yeah, because he's got enough, but he liked wrestling a lot, so he wanted to make his own wrestling company, and... It seems like such like a fan thing to do. It's like, wait, you can use you like it's almost like he doesn't know anything. <laughs> right. It's like, wait, it's available. We should use it. I like, need to make a promotion right yeah, now. Who yeah. can I get? You know, let me get me get me get some wrestlers here. And it's all people he saw in like I don't know, nineteen eighty two. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> now this promotion somehow existed from nineteen ninety until nineteen ninety six, which is unbelievable insane. to me. <laughs> yeah. Because when you get a taste of this, if you've never seen about it, seen it before or heard about it. It is some nose candy infused, you know, promotion oh, here. And it gets, so this is an early episode. This is number six, you yeah, said. Yeah, week six. Um, as this goes along, these episodes, as we get crazier. It doesn't that, get better. It becomes more of a fever dream, like as we reviewed bad. in the later ones. <laughs> yeah, it like, gets even, really like, bad. Like even like 30 episodes in, like not even a year or whatever. It's oh my like, God. whoa. Now this company somehow got pay-per-view, which I don't, I cannot. ECW struggled for years, <laughs> yeah. UWF. It's like, hey, we got some blow. You can we get a pay per view? <laughs> sure, sure, no problem. They also got some big names, relative especially to what you'll see in here. I mean, they especially got some, in 1990. Yeah, they yeah. got some big names. Who who did Herb know? Like, I how, don't know. Like uh, these guys just bent over backwards. They're all saying UWF's the best and all this. And my favorite story, of course, that I have to tell anytime we talk about the UWF is Herb Abrams was. Uh, <laughs> In the summer of 1996, yeah, the cops were called on him by a either a girlfriend or prostitute or both because Herb was naked, covered in Vaseline, uh, with cocaine, mm-hmm. I believe, on him, swinging a baseball bat at his hotel. So the cops took him in, arrested him, and there he died in police custody of a massive heart attack. It just means he was sniffing. Well, what else? Was he nervous? Did he use a lot of slang? Did he use the word man? Yep. And that is the legacy of Herb Abrams, and this was As his wrestling sniff. promotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Quinn, the best part about this, to really set the stage for how this show is going to go, the first thing that we see when you fire up UWF Fury Hour number six is Ken Patera. Yes, with a poor, <laughs> even worse haircut than he had before. <laughs> he looks like an accountant with yeah, this haircut. Now he just he doesn't even look like Richard Simmons anymore. He just looks like I don't know, an early 90s account. His, his outfit just, he's it just looks terrible. like it doesn't fit right anymore. Everything about him's bad. And he's bitching about someone and Oregon, but we don't know who. We don't know what he's talking about. I didn't move out of Portland, Oregon just to feed your ego, baby. He's like, I call it the swinging neck breaker. And then we find out Billy Jack Haynes calls it the swinging full Nelson. So first of all, he's feuding with Billy Jack Haynes, which I, I didn't even know. I he, can't. How? Second of all, why does he have like a turtleneck? Billy Jack? Yeah, he, yeah, Billy Jack has like... Okay, so have you ever like worn a turtleneck, right? Unfortunately. Okay. Imagine if you cut off everything and you only kept the neck part. The turtle? Of, of the, tur- <laughs> the, the turtleneck. Yeah, you just like, keep you that. Like you only kept the turtleneck, but the rest of the whole entire shirt, the sleeves, all that's gone. The whole shirt part of it? That's what he has. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and it's really weird and he wears it the whole episode even when he's wrestling. <laughs> you said he looked like Lady Jack Haynes. <laughs> yes, he does. His hair's like straightened. 
and it's yeah. not fluffy. It's and it, really long too. And it's very long, and I, I didn't recognize him. Like, yeah, at, I was like, wait, who? Why you said what you said about me and about Portland, Oregon, my home, which I love very much? I don't know. Let me put it this way, folks. I wasn't pleased to see Ken Patera. Right. I'm even less pleased to see Billy Jack. Well, we hate him. He's a jerk, and Billy I don't jerk like him. Haynes, yeah, Billy Jerk Haynes. For the record. He's we, one of the worst things he's ever. He's awful. We get the amazing UWF intro. I'm kind of being facetious there. It's not very good. But it's got some guys in there. Cactus Jack, Don Morocco, Nikita Koloff, and I forgot how long this oh, intro it's is. very long. Um, like, a lot of establishing <laughs> shots of Los Angeles. So it's like an 80s sitcom with all the establishing now, shots. the one thing that's missing from this version of the intro is, if I recall, later on, it's like Herb yelling like he's yes. a sick man. He's like, this is you, WF! You're like, absolutely none, right. All that's missing. So we're greeted by Herbie and Bruno Sammartino. He yep. was still there. Good Bru- condition, Herb. Bruno, this week our feature match, the Battle of the Full Nelsons, Ken Olympic Man Strongman, Patera, takes on Billy Jack Haynes. These are the kings of the Full Nelson. The question is, who is it? Who's going to be strong with the Full Nelson? Who cares? First of all, Bruno. Yeah. Fuck the WWF, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, they they in, stink. They're not in, good wrestling. He's in full fuck the WWF mode. Meanwhile, the guy that he's working for, I mentioned how he died. Right. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Bruno's okay with this. Yeah, Bruno's main problem always with the WWF was the drugs, right? Yes. Like he, this is Mr. Drugs. Yeah. Like, Herb. Is not only the owner, but also the commentator with Bruno. Herb Abrams is like the lowest rent Vince McMahon yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like oh. the way he announces, the way he yells, like he's trying to be Vince, which is very admirable. Now, we're saying all this about Herb, but there is a certain like charm yes. to him for some reason. There like, is. There's something like about him where you're like ah, he means well like you're just like it's not like he's like trying right to be a dick or like trying to give you shit there is he believes some, in his product there, there is something genuine even about how the product is like shown and whatever right. about something how like he really truly believes like this is the best wrestling yeah like, he really does yeah and they talk about the upcoming portland powwow later that would be billy jerk and campatera that's unfortunate bruno's very excited though quinn about the uh the power struggle you know you know it's gonna be a very good time to see who got a better move there yeah i will say just in this opening and seeing yeah. all this stuff and these names and stuff they're really actually trying to make like a normal real wrestling show as we've noted in other reviews like it gets weirder with like ninjas and stuff <laughs> yeah, and like really bad stuff. really weird stuff things going on and strange interview segments and Herb's like a character in the show. Like, it's strange. But early on, I think you're right. They tried to make it as legitimate as possible. Like a real wrestling show. Uh, So speaking of cocaine, Paul Orndorff emerges from the dressing room or the (laughs) bathroom or whatever it is down down the aisle to the weirdest theme song for him. Can't touch this by MC Hammer. Was Herb trying to be hip with that? I don't know. There's a lot of licensed music in this show. (laughs) It really is. And, you know, he's so wonderful, Mr. Wonderful, that he's wrestling in the UWF. So (laughs) Yeah, really, what the hell? Yeah. By the way, can't touch what is right arm. Yeah. I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> Paul Horndorf is facing a jobber named uh, Gary Keese and Paul with a short arm takedown there. Quinn, you started talking about Keish because yeah. of this guy's last name. He made me want to eat a quiche. Has any, anybody remember quiches? I guess there's still like a, a Polish dish. Kanish. Kanish? Yeah, quiche is different. It's a baked dish with egg in it. You no, think well, you have a potato knish. Yes, a potato knish. Oh, knish, not, not a quiche. quiche. They're two different things. They're okay. very similar uh, name, I, though. We used to always, growing up, we'd go to um, the shop, right? Yeah. And we'd get a knish, a potato knish. And, like, it was, like, you know that, like, refrigerated but prepared 
food Section, behind yes, the glass with the, with the black tongs that people yeah, the, pick out the stuff and with the, the, like deli people yeah, get it course, for you yes I, that was one of my favorite things to get you you put in the microwave you heat it up but it was like it was like homemade style it wasn't like something in a that they free nowadays if you probably got a connection it'd probably be frozen in the frozen section right you would think i would think so folks if any of you out there eat knishes on a regular basis let us know we are very interested maybe in your knish maybe dish. send me a, a knish send quinn a knish what are you two talking about Arm ringer by the jobber, but Orndorff works the arm. Yes, this all really happened. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be funny. Bruno is talking about Orndorff's great shape, and then he like veers into some weird ass bodybuilding discussion. Like it's so Bruno, like the parody of Bruno about like it's steeped in real life. Like, no, he, nobody's making this up. He, that he, he always says good condition bins and all everything. He fucking talks about like, yeah, it's very strong. Let's get there. That is the basis of like wrestling talent. <laughs> yeah, it's like are you in good condition? <laughs> That's it. That's all he cares about. Yeah. So Keith gets tossed to the outside there and slammed on the mat. It looks like they are like in a movie theater filming this by the way yeah, like, i don't know where the they're live from is way too professional for wrestling yeah let's put it that way and that's not being like ironic or punny or anything like yeah like it's not the uwf's lighting is what you're right, trying to yeah. say like it already existed right this is like a soundstage or a studio yeah but even I don't know. I don't Maybe even it's think at like it a is. casino. Or, I don't know where it is. I think it's at like a country club or something. I'm not oh, really? kidding. Yeah, it's something like that. Oh, so maybe it's like a recital hall kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. What do you think? A piano after this? Like, no, just that it's somewhere like in the country club where like they would have a gathering place so people could watch some kind of theater or something. Some like nervous. There is a stage behind the ring. Some nervous like eight year old girl playing yeah. Moonlight Sonata poorly, where her parents videotape She's it. She's been preparing all summer, all summer long. Yeah. You said to me, "How did Bruno think this was good?" I don't know. <laughs> like, there, really? It, it, not. It isn't good. <laughs> it's terrible. It, 1982 is it, what it. A lot of this is. Yeah. yeah. Paul Orndorff nails the pile driver for the win. The crowd. Uh, I use that term very generously. <laughs> Chance wonderful. Yeah. Paul Orndorff is a face, by the way, which never worked. Yeah, I don't understand why he's a face. Paul Wonderful's hair. Paul Wonderful. Yeah, Paul That's Wonder- a new one. Yeah, Paul Wonderful's <laughs> hair here is like way more face like. Yeah, why do you say that? I was curious There's about that. There's just a way it's like cut. It's not it's, as like poofed it's or something. Friendlier. It's somehow friendlier. <laughs> and you see him in like ads later, and he's like ultra friendly, and it's just like it's. I don't think of Mister Wonderful like this, like Paul Wonderful. He's like a very yeah, like he's like a very gruff man yeah. that looks like a douchebag. He should yeah. never be a face. Yeah, seriously, like he just looks like an asshole. Yeah, I just I never could buy him as a face. No, me neither. Uh, by the way, this episode is sponsored by Rocky Five Quinn. It's opening on November 16th. Well, I'm sure those people were disappointed on November 16th. That movie sucks. It does. Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Five, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, November 16th at theaters everywhere. And he's got to fight Tommy Gunn outside or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, he can't even fight in the ring. They make him fight in the alleys Bullshit. at the end. It's I like, it's that. just, it's really it's like, not a good and movie. his son's a big douche yep. the whole movie. Yep. By the way, George H.W. Bush wants people to donate to the USO. Nice little Very commercial nice there. Very nice ad. And, you know, it's, Steve it, Martin's in it at the it end. Makes me, it makes me pine for a day when, like, politics were a little nicer or something. Well, I'm sure you're not alone. Yeah. Quinn. We get a trailer for a very good movie. That would be Misery with James Conn and Kathy Bates. Great movie. Yes, the Jello feet. Oh, God. Man. You know what's funny about this, though? This little trailer here? The yeah. voiceover was, like, all happy. It's like, yeah. Misery. Misery. Rated R. By the way, Quinn, the New York Islanders are playing the Maple Leafs. No, I was questioning, like, I thought, I swear they were called the Long Island Islanders. No. But- uh, who, nobody cares about hockey anyway, but nah, yeah. Except Petey, maybe, yeah. and Steve Bennett. Paul Orndorff cuts an awful promo on Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Why, he, why is Dr. Death here? I don't know. He accuses Dr. Death of wanting to move up the rankings yeah, at those, his expense. Those hot UWF. <laughs> maybe they should, we should do a uh, world rankings of UWF. <laughs> we hear some Oriental music here to welcome 
Chief J. Strongbow. Yes! Okay. okay. 1982 himself. First of all, Quinn, I hate to tell you this. It's not really the Chief J. Strongbow. I, you're it's wrong. his son or I something. Don't it's not really you. him. It's it looks not, like him. What are you talking about? Chief was like 70 during this Fans, period of time. I want you to go find this on YouTube.web. I'm telling you that's Chief. It's not Chief. Okay. Let's agree to disagree on this. How about we leave it at that? We'll see how it goes, okay. Quinn. So Herb says, uh, I visited his teepee. I visited his teepee. You did, huh? Yes, I did. I got to tell you, he's got a big teepee. He has a big teepee? <laughs> yes, he does. Well, I guess it is 1990. You know, the 90s yeah. have just begun, so maybe yeah. political correctness really wasn't It hasn't really yet. sunk in, <laughs> it hasn't yet. Sunk in yeah. yet. His opponent, though, Quinn, undisputably is the real guy. It's Cactus Jack. Yeah, what are you going to tell me? He's a fake, too. <laughs> and his, his theme, I love this choice of yeah. music, Welcome to the Jungle yes, by Guns N' Roses. very good, as Jack Foley comes out. Now, you know who is in Guns N' Roses, Quinn? Axl Rose. Yes. Oh, that Axl! I'm, I'm not familiar with Axl Rose, Jeff. From Guns N' Roses. Oh, Guns N' Roses. Okay, that Axl. I gotta say, this is a match I thought I'd never see. Yeah, it's weird. So, you know what's really strange? A couple weeks ago on 1982 on um, our, you know, live reviews. This hey, isn't the it, real chief. But it is. So anyway, a couple weeks ago, Chief J Strongbow like went actually hardcore on the 82. He like he ripped a piece of the wooden steps off and started hitting people with it. And like I was saying to you, I was like, he's hardcore. He's hardcore. Mm-hmm. We turned this on and at random, we didn't plan this. No, 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 we didn't. All of a sudden, Chief J Strongbow is having a hardcore match with Cactus in uwf it's not really chief j strongbow though they just call him that it's but not it actually him so it's, it's 1982 not. chief j strongbow versus 1990 cactus act did you ever think you would see something like that Joe? i didn't actually I, I need to note this exchange yeah. herb abrams calls a back body drop a good flip and then well, bruno just starts getting irritated he's like back body drop and then bruno just says names of other moves instead of herb he's like right. hip lock Splash! Like, Bruno's annoyed, you can tell. Yeah, he's trying to correct her. Yeah. He's, like, trying to educate him, I guess. Good flip. Back body drop, and I mean a good one in a hip lock. Hip lock. Ah! Splash. So Jack kills the uh, fake chief for a while. Then he picks up a big Rubbermaid garbage can. <laughs> and you were like, how is this legal? I don't know. It, it just is in the UWF. <laughs> I guess so. It's hardcore match. I told you. Like, Chief got away with, like, almost using the stairs a couple weeks ago. It's not the same Chief. Though. I don't know what you're talking about. So Herb calls Cactus Jack 36 cards short of a full deck. That's a lot of cards to be short. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, it like you just call them half sane? Yeah. Does, isn't it usually, like, a few cards short? It's yeah, it's never... supposed to be, like, two cards, <laughs> three cards, 36 cards. That's way more than and half that's but like that, two-thirds that, that goes along with herbs like bombast and cocaine driven yep. comments so you're very right about that the crowd is very very quiet probably because they're literally just watching two guys wander around for the most part i don't know they're hitting each other and not very well gets suplexed onto the rubbermaid later <laughs> big back suplex actually by the chief the fake chief onto yeah. the rubbermaid it's real chief you were rejoiced though about the hardcoreness of chief it, i'm telling you he re- he remembers those moves he had to use it's not the same guy what i you're wrong. Chief J. Strombo retired in like 85. That doesn't mean he didn't wrestle in UWF. He was with the WWF as an agent the entire How? time. This guy, Until Gorilla called him fat. You're saying he's his son, right, Joe? I think it's his son, but it's because not the real chief. he doesn't look like he would be his son. He looks too old. It's not Chief J. Strongbow. I'm sorry to like break it to you. I think you're wrong. 
Herbie reminds Bruno, though, that it's only a plastic can, not an aluminum one. Way to downsell, Herbie. Yeah, Herbie <laughs> messed up. They yeah, that didn't Bruno, really hurt. If anything, Bruno, who hates hardcore wrestling, was making it work. Yeah, I know. So Chief tosses the can over Cactus, you know, puts it all yeah. entire over him, and runs him into the post, and Herb is all laughing. He's like, ah, I've never seen a move like that. It's not a move, Herb. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? It's not a move. Yeah. And then he calls Jack garbage. He's like, look, he's garbage. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, it's almost like he's pointing out like he looks like garbage but he instead he for some reason goes look he's garbage ha ha like it's so stupid yeah, like he's a little kid or something yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a move like that I gotta tell you I guess he's treating him really like a piece of garbage <laughs> And by the way, Quinn, this whole entire match was like insisting this is the real chief. As, I'm not. As you've I'm heard. still insisting it's, it's the real chief. Chief J. Strongbow. He's a lot older by this point. He's very fat and bald by he's ninety. He's fat here. He's very fat and bald by ninety. He doesn't have this head of hair. How, how you know he didn't use this like, looks like hair ni- club for men or whatever? This, that was popular around then. <laughs> this looks like nineteen seventy five chief. <laughs> There's no way. Anyway, as chief grabs a, he's sli- got the gut, Joe. He does have a gut. As Chief grabs a sleeper, the match just abruptly cuts. This pissed me off. It pissed me off, too, because I wanted to see what happened. It kept going with the cannon from 82, so I was very <laughs> excited, and, and they just they screwed me. I, I don't know who won the hardcore encounter. That could have been on ECW. It could have been. It, for, and that's not even, like, yeah, being no, funny. It, it could have like, been, like, in the opener of, like, hardcore yeah, TV in 93 yeah, or real. something. But it really could have been. This is Cowboy Bob Orton, though, Quinn. Entering the ring, I can't even make this shit up. Yeah. I can. The music choice is so incredibly random. We had Orndorff with You Can't Touch This, right? right? We had Chief with, like, some Oriental music. Like, I'm not kidding. And Welcome to the Jungle. Which is great. Yeah. Cowboy Bob Orton gets the Bonanza theme well, from the 50s. Well, he is old school. <laughs> yeah, but this is like Bob Orton's senior music. Yeah. Anyway, Herb calls it his favorite song and his favorite wrestler. Yeah, and by the way, why is this show 1982 versus... <laughs> Seriously, now we've, now we've got... We've had Patera. Ugh. We've got... Uh, Billy Jerk, who's a mid '80s guy, yeah, Chief J. Strongbow. It's not the same guy. And uh, you're not getting knowledge, sorry. Do you are you kayfabing me, or do you really think that's Chief? It's a little bit of both. I actually think it's him. I you you show me no solid proof that that wasn't him. Just look it up. You can just find out. You don't you don't want to. I'm though. not you going want, to look it up because I know the truth. Anyway. I, I saw it with my own two eyes. Yeah, sure. Anyway, he's facing some jobber. Orton is uh, named Michael Moore. Yeah, before he got fat, right? <laughs> yeah, and directed Fahrenheit 9-11, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And Bruno says, oh, it's Bob Horton. Mike nice in there with Bob Horton. So this match, though, honestly, it sucks. It's basically Bob Horton doing stomps and walking around. Yeah, I mean, he, he was so good in 1982. He's so good here. <laughs> I'm telling you, he never was good. Stop it. He's wrestling the same way. <laughs> he was better in 82, though, don't you think? A little, because he did an insiguri kick once. <laughs> And he wore a pink hat. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, he's not good here. Orton sets up for the superplex, and Bruno's like, he took off the top rope. That didn't happen. <laughs> that's not even true. Oh, he takes off the top rope. And the Bruno's like, suplexa. Yeah, su- <laughs> su- suplexa is my favorite. I, I almost said, like, we have to have, like, a soundbite permanently on the soundboard of suplexa. <laughs> suplexa, what is he, Triple H? Yeah. Suplexa. Herb Axquin, as if he's never seen this move before. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's the what a suplex! That's yeah. the greatest suplex. He, it's just like the normal, like, like the normal, yeah, normal superplex thing he does. And, like, the, and then on the replay, he calls it a reverse suplex. Like Bruno is guiding Herb, like yeah. move by move. Right. You know what it reminds me of? 
Remember Heroes of Wrestling? Mm-hmm. And we had that dork that was the announcer, and like Dutch Mantel had to like guide him through yeah, it. Yeah, it's like that. It, it's almost I think as bad. Bruno is the worst guide you could possibly have to commentating wrestling. At but. least he knows the moves. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing about Bruno. Anyway, Paul Orndorff excitedly shills the UWF merchandise, like he's Billy Mays yeah. or something. He's like, it's great, folks. We got some great merchandise here. And there's like these awkward kids with him. Yeah. And uh, at least Orndorff's size of his arms are like the right, they're normal on the shirt. <laughs> oh, God. They're not accurate to his mini arm. Just, just to clarify, <laughs> it is true. I'm not yeah. even making that's not even being. They're made like up. huge too. They're yeah. bigger than his real arms yeah. ever were. <laughs> it's strange. Video package for UWF wrestling in Reseda, California. Maybe Meltzer's there. Yeah, he Reseda. loves P- I like PWG in Reseda. Have you been in Reseda? Nikita Koloff cuts a promo. He doesn't like what's been going on in wrestling, but Herb Abrams called him, and once Herb Abrams called him, he wanted to go to the UWF. Yeah, this is the reason to come back. <laughs> like not. Real wrestling, like Herb Abrams cocaine-infused wrestling. God. What was that phone call, by the way? I, he was like, I'll give you $1 million. <laughs> like, I'm, like, Herb must have been, like, inherited, like, I don't know, a shipbuilding company or something. Like, he's George like, Steinbrenner? Exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Some weird, <laughs> some weird, like, business that nobody knows about, but it's, like, millions and millions right, right. and millions of dollars, and he's just that guy's son. It's, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Like, I some, don't know. It's, like, they make, like, paper bags or something that you would something never... You need. Something you would never not need. Right. It's, like, that kind of company. They make the pull tabs on soda cans. They make glasses. <laughs> like, I don't know. Folks, if you know anything about Herb Abrams, feel free to divulge some information, because I don't know they shit about about him. Forks, like <laughs> just something what, hu- something humans would need, like always. What does one company make forks? I, maybe they have a monopoly on the fork business. Oh, shoebox manufacturer, <laughs> right? That's exactly. gonna be what it is. Sell to all the big companies. Some necessity company. Yeah, they need a smaller we one for Carry On Art. On the extra one day, we what? should do Mount Rushmore Death Valley of like ne- necessary like product companies. <laughs> Okay. Like shoes or uh, something. Game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of promos, we have more of them because that's what the UWF is. It's just a bunch of promos. It's B. Brian Blair <laughs> for God knows why. Then he go like B. B. at the beginning or something. Yeah. God, get out of here with that. Oh yeah, everybody's buzzing about the new UWF merchandise. Anyway, Brian Blair's with the awkward kids. We get a shot of the dangerous Danny Spivey shirt that I'm sure sold uh, tens of. Uh, maybe just ten. Also, he's he looks like dangerous John Cena on that t-shirt. He literally he looks like Cena on the shirt. Like it looks one hundred percent like John Cena. It's like John Cena traveled back in time. Yeah, took a picture and said he was Danny Spivey, and they put that on the shirt. Never give up, Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> he never gave up on that time travel. Did. Now we get a uh, Captain Lou's corner. This was a recurring segment on UWF. Lou's in the ring, wandering around, babbling, and we don't know who he's talking about. Okay, yeah, well, it's very confusing because yeah. nothing he's saying makes any sense. He's like, it's a human magnet. You're talking about a human machine. A giant. A I, giant. I'm talking about a giant. It's the 12th wonder of the world. That, I'm still confused with the 12th wonder of the world. I don't know. What are the, what's 9 through 12? Because China, or 9 through 11, because China wasn't around well, I yet. Think Andre was the 8th, right? Andre was the 8th. China was the 9th. But not yet. There is no 10th. I hope not. And 11th. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel if you're the 11th wonder of the world. Do you think like, they had to say 12th wonder because the WWF owned 8th wonder? No. That's, um, no one can own that. Well, maybe they own the catchphrase is what I mean. So That's he all. introduces Andre the Giant. A human magnet, a human giant, a superhuman being, the 12th wonder of the world. Here he is, Andre the Giant. 
what? This blew my mind. So this, I was like, what the fuck? So this is the fall of 1990. Now, Andre did leave the WWF yes, in April. He punched Bobby at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't like you. I listen to you. Give me back my cart. And then he left. <laughs> Give me back my cart. Yeah. He probably said that to Haku, right? That's literally what happened. <laughs> It is. It's, it's, it's undisputed. It's on film. Yeah. He got mad at Haku and Bobby for getting in the cart. Right. And he got them out of the cart and he then he left. slapped them around. <laughs> it was, what an incident. It really. happened. But I had no idea that Andre the Giant was in the UWF <laughs> in the fall either. of 90. Did he wrestle? I don't think so. But props to Herbie for getting him at least. I can't. Listen, it amazes me anytime we watch these UWFs. The, the names. caliber and people Seriously. that like. Herb actually was able to sign. It really makes you wonder, like, Paul Heyman, who actually, like, accomplished something (laughs) and did something, could never get names like this ever. I wouldn't think so. I mean, he got Snuka. He got Morocco. Snuka was a a mess by that point. that's true. Most of these guys are. So Andre is dressed like Kramer. Don't worry. No crutches. He's still walking pretty good. Lou's like, there's no other wrestler that weighs 546 pounds. (laughs) Andre the Giant, he keeps calling him, by yeah. the way. Andre the Giant. Uh, giant, TM. Yeah, TM. Like, <laughs> yeah, he can't call him Giant. Yeah. Andre the Giant. Andre says Lou used to be his manager for a long time. That never happened. Yeah, what are they, what I, are he was only heel about? once with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Captain Lou was a heel manager up until 85, so Wait, that, it's impossible. Did Lou manage him when he was in the machines? Did no. Lou manage the machines? Let me look up the machines. I don't know. I, I, I doubt don't it. think so. When Lou first turned face in like 85 or whatever, did he very briefly manage Andre? Mm, but I, even so, Andre's like, yeah, manager for a long time. Actually, yes, Captain Lou did manage the machines. See, there you go. But doesn't that expose Andre the Giant? Yeah, that's what exposes him, not the fact that he looked just like Andre with a stupid mask on. So, Giant Machine, we can, after watching this episode, Captain Lou managed the machines. And Andre says he was managed by Captain Lou. Therefore, yes. Andre the Giant was Giant Machine. Okay. Confirmed. Now it's confirmed. Yes. In canon. Because no one knew yeah. until that. Yeah. I mean, people were very confused. Right. Jack Tunney didn't it's know. It's been admitted. He was like, never fucking again will there be machines. And then all of a sudden, Andre wandered back in. Why is he so in. mad about that? Why is he always mad? Yeah. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Anyway, Andre cuts a very Andre-like promo saying, every time I come in the wing anywhere in the world, because it's the best of the hustling they're coming to. <laughs> What? I, I don't know I don't, what he said. It's a very typical Andre incomprehensible promo. And then Lou, of course, has to lie and say this is the greatest wrestling in the world today. And then, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's the greatest wrestling in 1982. Now, normal, normally, Quinn, you know how Andre wants to tell you one thing? Yeah. This time it's different. Andre says to Lou, I want to ask you one thing. <laughs> I want to ask you one thing. Very different. Everything but, about Andre has changed up. He's the 12th wonder I'm of the world. I'm telling you, it's all to be like 88% different or whatever they have to be, 33%. He's a giant. Copyright. Yeah, exactly. His question is, what does UWF mean? And Lou tells him, he's like, I thought it meant you want to fight. Like, so Andre's using like leet speak yeah. in like in 1990. I don't understand that. Yeah, that is weird. It is weird. I didn't even think about that, actually. Yeah, saying you want to fight. Lou keeps saying giant as he brags about <laughs> how he got Andre. Get Andre the giant. I feel thrilled and honored to have the giant with me. The one and only two giants. These big so-called giants. These guys are so-called giants. If you really want to meet a giant, the one and only giant, Andre the giant. You get an ADT home security system commercial. Look at all those computers and magnetic tape. Why do they need to be in, like, NASA to, like, monitor your house? Like, seriously, it was very weird. Yeah, it's like a control center. Yeah. Shit, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Boar's Head Wendy's guy uh, narrates a Mobile One oil commercial because, obviously, if it's wrestling, you gotta have an oil commercial. It's like a rule or something, right? Get your, 
get your oil from mobile one. Like, what like, it is. Yeah, I know. It's seriously. You need, to have, you need to have the best oil and also get a Dave's Classic single. <laughs> so anyway, we get an Islanders commercial again. The announcer's like, those crappy Islanders, but I yeah. think he... I think he said scrappy but no he said scrappy i, I, just I don't kept, know i i heard it it uh, was definitely scrappy. i think he said crappy those scrappy islanders battle the toronto maple Leafs. we get a promo from ludwig borga in his halloween viking helmet yes this that's is right horrible yep i remember the first time we saw this yeah. it was bad he's the viking here and he cuts a hideous promo he doesn't UWF say wf is crumbling. <laughs> no that's not even it but it, it's okay he ends it with i'll be back like really really inventive there anyway he enters no one cares he has a big styrofoam <laughs> Axe. Nothing about this is good, Joe. This gimmick. Like, it's, yeah, it's the terrible. worst. He's got like puffy boots. It's awful. He looks like an idiot. He looks like he's wearing a diaper because his, like, I don't know, he's got like a puffy thing it, on his waist or it's something. It's all bad. Like a yeah. petticoat. I don't yeah, know what don't it know. is. He, he looks like he has like a bustle on or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Speaking of bad, though, apparently he beat up the Patriot last week. Oh my God. That's I'm glad right. he wasn't on this. Yeah. He's imagine. Even worse. He, and imagine if him saying, America's crumbling <laughs> like that patriot because he is built from Helsinki. Why does he always fight American people? Well, because he's from Helsinki, and if you're like a Norwegianer or what whatever is that, that is, feud? I've never heard of us having a war with Scandinavia. Well, they're better than us, you know. They have the cleaner water or something. Yeah, but that's why we should go to war with them. We should get their water or we something. Get their water in the Middle East. It's about oil, and Scandinavia, it's about water. Quinn. So if you invade Scandinavia, right? Yeah. Are you like? Do you just come in with a bunch of empty water bottles and start like? <laughs> Like the soldiers go into, yeah, into scooping the lake, water out of the creek scooping. before they get attacked. It's a big scooping operation. They, they have like nets. Exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're scooping that water there. <laughs> Borgo's opponent here is Kevin Benjamin, who's from Compton. He's Shelton Benjamin's dad or yeah, something. Yeah, I guess so. Too bad Bruno doesn't know about the NWA or else yeah. he'll be able to be like, oh, he's straight out of Compton, huh? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is just a boring Ludwig Borgo squash and yeah. an ugly military press. You said he looks like Play-Doh. Like- yeah, he looks very <laughs> stupid. He just looks like, you ever see like Clay Fighter? Yes, like, I have. He looks like a character from <laughs> Clay Fighter. He's very like puffy. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Somehow this attire is worse uh-huh. than what that yeah, crap suit they put him in in that, WWF. That's bad too. Yeah, that's really bad. Other than the the the, the mittens or whatever he had, those <laughs> were good. Anyway, an elbow gets the win. And when I <laughs> when I say elbow, I don't mean like a top rope elbow. Yeah. I don't mean a running elbow. I mean an elbow drop, like a standard yeah. elbow drop gets the win. And then Bruno says Kevin Benjamin's really hurting. Yeah, don't worry. So are the fans. Don't ain't no stopping him cuz <laughs> How did this guy become, you know, um Crumbling over here. How did he become the king of Poland? Like, when, when did that happen again? Oh my God! Are you referring to how when he was elected to the Senate of Finland? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Did, did he like bully people or something? Like know. who would elect this guy? <laughs> He's very mean. Yeah. He's dead too. So yeah. who would vote for him? I don't know. Someone did. Maybe some people that like the clean water. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, the doctor comes in. Some jerk brings in a stretcher, yeah. and Herb's like, "That's why I call the Viking the stretcher man." <laughs> that was amazing. What a gorilla! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, the stretcher man. Yeah. That was odd. <laughs> so Borga throws the doctor out of the way. Elbows Benjamin again and Herb's like get this guy out of here yeah Herb is outraged and Herb and Bruno debate getting him out of there but <laughs> Herb's like I'll go up and help you and uh, more elbow drops is that the best move that this guy has Quinn yes <laughs> so we cut to as if it couldn't get any worse David San Martino oh, come on this this is like right here this is the answer to why Bruno works here <laughs> Like it we must were, be the whole time we're wondering, like, why would Bruno like this seems like beneath yeah, him, right? It does. And 
now it, it now it's revealed like the only reason he works here is because these are the only people who would hire his son. And he remember how he like left WWF because yeah. they wouldn't they were gonna fire his son. And that's all it is. His son's not a good wrestler. And by unfortunately the way. for Bruno, he has to like demean himself to this just so his son who sucks can fight. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so anyway, he's fighting Ricky Ataki, who you might know from the WWF Ataki. as a jobber. Yeah, or is Ricky Ataki. Ricky Ataki. Ataki. Ricky Ataki. David is always not very good, so Herb just starts talking about the main event for later. Yeah, even Herb <laughs> doesn't want to watch David San Martino, and Herb is excited for like everything usually. Yeah, this is like the sole exception. Like he doesn't want anything to do with this match. I don't blame him. Like if you're Herb, right? He probably like grew up with Bruno San Martino. He's got like a New York accent, so I figure Herb was from Brooklyn or something. Yeah, or Long Island yeah, or something like, like that. So I figure like, oh, he must be a really big fan of Bruno, so this right. must be like a big deal to him to have yeah. Bruno commentary, right? right? right. But I'm sure literally the deal was Bruno said I will only come back uh, do commentary with you if <laughs> you, you my hire son my a son. job because Vince didn't yeah and of course Herb said yes because you know he's just such a mark yeah like, he needs that he, he needs probably that saw Bruno. Wrestlemania 1 also he's like oh, I remember him when he fought Brutus Beefcake <laughs> oh. and that's the only time anybody remembered <laughs> David San Martino but so Bruno analyzes David's arm drag for like way too long and <sighs> guy in the crowd is like boring yeah it is it's really boring it's so boring that even bruno himself gives up on the match and then he just starts asking her but he's like who do you think has a better chance to escape the full nelson later in the main event and then then this is absurd <laughs> they just debate who weighs more billy jack or ken patera yeah like in like minute detail like i know they're going on and on about it and like it's like Art Donovan. They should just ask Art Donovan. Yeah. Like he, he, he would have found yeah. out. Anyway, David with a figure four to end this shit. What is he, by the way, Buddy Rogers? Like <laughs> he, has he the hair. looks like he's got the hair. It's like he's got like the Ric Flair style boots now. Like was like the big reveal in this <laughs> angle going to be as he turns on Bruno and that he's actually aligned with old ass Buddy Rogers, who is like Bruno's like sworn nemesis. <laughs> like even if you talk to him about the match the years and years later. The where worked like, match. Yeah. He's like, I had to really fight him. I had to really fight him. Yeah, I don't that, think that's that true. That would actually but... be kind of an awesome storyline if an angle from 1963 was Wait, like when... was like the storyline behind David San Martino. I don't think that'd be awesome is the way to look at it. You don't think it. so? Not I think really. it would actually launch David where into something that was that wasn't <laughs> something as bad as slightly this. better than yeah, this yeah. maybe down in nawa yeah anyway <laughs> david helps up ricky ataki and we get another another uh mr wonderful billy mays commercial hey you know what when they do have uwf hats so yes. maybe we should get out get well, on that add that to the list <laughs> and we get an andre promo and he's like hi i know about surprise you've been watching uwf it's true and it's me andre giant and you're gonna see a lot of me away and come in the gym with me that's exactly what he said. It is pretty much, right? Yeah. And then Brian Blair again with another merch commercial. <laughs> Buy the God. merch! Yeah, he should do Cheerios commercials. Yeah. Billy the Jack. Best part of waking up is Brian Blair in your cup. I don't know. Don't, I hope not. Yeah. Billy Jack Haynes enters and he looks kind of fluffy. And his entrance music is like, I couldn't place the song, but it's like some soft rock song with a lady singing. I mean, like, it goes with his haircut. Did so. Herb just buy like the top 40 hot hits of the day? And just like, like of the year 1990. <laughs> what is this? Like It is like top 40 in 1990. It literally like, is. It's like, that's literally what's playing, which is, you know what? I have nothing against that. I actually like when they use like modern yeah, music, sure, like because because the crowd for the crowd, it's like oh we know these songs, so they like get all excited when they play. Too bad uh, Stings. If I ever lose my faith in you, wasn't out yet, Quinn, because <laughs> you might have had a shot of hearing that, and that's your favorite Sting song, right? <sighs> 
So Billy Jack puts on a backwards UWF painter's cap for that fun. That's weird. Yeah, just wears it for yeah. a while. Ken Patera comes out. He's announced at 252, and Bruno gets all this is, upset. This is outrageous He's to like, Bruno. He did not weigh 252. He I know wet. for a fact. <laughs> like, he, he just keeps going on and on about this weight. I don't buy that weight, 258 pounds. I just, I can just tell. I just look at him. He's a lot heavier than that. Yeah, there's no question. I, I, I also looked at that. It looks to me he's more like 288, 298. Well, now look at, look at. Here we see Billy Jack gains 270 pounds, okay? Now you show me if he's uh, 12 pounds heavier than Patera. Watch when, look, wait till Patera disrobes and you will see. And holy shit, does Patera look horrible? Yeah, oh my god. I, no, I think Billy Jack looks even well, they worse. they both though. look bad. Patera's hair is just worse. His body's still kind of relatively the same. Which wasn't but, good, though. But Billy Jerk looks like not even like him at all. Yeah, he like, doesn't look it's, good. It's confusing. He's very doughy. I didn't even think this was him. I thought this was like fake Ultimate Warrior level <laughs> of like strange. You mean like the fake Chief J we saw earlier? I don't know what you're talking about. Still, that looked exactly like him. What are you talking about? Still no knee pads on uh, Patera here. Bruno continues like two minutes in, three minutes in to bitch about the weight discrepancy. Yeah. Patera looks like a guy that retired <laughs> ten years ago. He knows it. He needs to go sit by a motor hotel pool motel like, yeah like not a hotel motel you know where it's like got astro turf around the pool and oh, like god the, the motel in the background is like the like two level kind with the yeah. railings on the second leg. you know what i'm talking the about the floral bed spread it's, it's, it's painted pink the old lamp yeah the mint on the pillow that's like kind of shady yeah it's it's a it's one of those like spearmints from right. christmas yeah christmas spearmint 59.95 yeah. for a room you know yeah Bruno's like, it's not nice that people are yelling jailbird to Patera. That's not nice. They shouldn't do so, that. this is where I was confused. It's like, who's the face? Because I thought Ken right. Patera was the face going into this. Thankfully, he's not. It's actually Billy Jack, which I don't know how. But, like, Patera's <laughs> a guy that should never be a face I anyway. Know, but it's just it's just weird. I don't think, did they really say who was and wasn't the no, face, though? The, no one likes either of them. No yeah, one's cheering. Nobody was happy. Nobody wants to watch this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the bottom line is yeah. nobody wants to watch this. The announcers talk about how these two were actually a uh, tag team in the WWF, which is true. That's unfortunate. Bruno alleges that they were successful. Uh, they weren't. Yeah. And three minutes in, no one has done anything. They're just refusing to lock up. You know, they're walking around. Finally, we get a test of strength. Bruno is still going on about the weight. He's Horrible. still like, he's like, I, no, I think Patero weighs more than Billy Jack, Herb. I think you're wrong uh, about that. So anyway, Herb tries to say it's a personal conflict because both of these guys are from Portland. So this is really interesting, Quinn. Yeah, they're both from Portland. That really is. This is horrible. I don't want to watch this anymore. (laughs) Well, I I don't either. They keep they keep walking around the ring, and Herb's like, "Man, if these two uh, if these two start going at it, really, yeah, yeah, if." if, And you said you think Herb feels ripped off as a promoter right now. I do because. Like I said before, Herb comes off as like just a fan, and he like does he really like these wrestlers? Like, yeah. Maybe he grew up at, like I, I'm assuming he, he watched wrestling in the early '80s, and Ken Patera was the hot shit as a heel. He was. He was hot poo. Billy Jack Haynes was lighting it up in the territories pre WWF. Right. Maybe you know. He maybe in Portland. He, maybe he thought. Wow, this this is great! I yeah. have Ken Patera versus like what a dream match, uh-huh. like or whatever. And uh-huh. it, it, it's just it feels like a ripoff if you're him. Feels like a nightmare. Chin lock by Billy Jerk. Poor punches to Patera in the corner, but Billy Jack throws the ref down. The ref doesn't seem to mind. And no, not the first one. Not no. the first time. And then uh, Patera ducks a punch from Billy Jack, so it hits the ref again. And now the ref's like, "Nope, enough! Ring the bell." 
DQ win mm, for Patera. And then they just stand off for a while staring and you're like, are they going to have a tug of war or something? Yeah, like, what are we going to, what is it going to be like WBF? They're going <laughs> to whip out like items to, I, I don't know. This, and, and this is were, just such a, why did this exist? We got a commercial for some ugly ass steaks on a bonsai grill. No uh, grease. I remember the bonsai grill. I really liked it. it I, I think I had one and it actually works. Well, you said you can barbecue inside. Yeah, it, yeah. it's great. It actually does work. Yeah. Now, they don't say no CODs, so maybe there might be a shot at getting... Yeah, I, I think it's a possibility. I think right? it's a possibility you could use CODs on Wow, that's yeah. awesome, actually. It's very that's rare. Very, very, yeah. very rare. We get a very odd commercial for Al- Alka-Seltzer Plutz. And yeah, 80s work clothes. A lot clothes. of people in 80s work clothes, like, coughing rhythmically yeah. the way yeah. they cut it. It was very bad. And then we get a very on- ominous commercial. Quinn and I had no idea. We thought it was, like, an anti-smoking PSA. They're going PSA. steps, and they're breathing heavy or whatever. Yeah, and they get to the top of, like, I think a lighthouse. Yeah. And it's a commercial for Eaton's Neck, Long Island... Bank. bank yeah it was a bank commercial what does it have to do with being at the top of the lighthouse you can oh if you, you put your money in you the can bank see the future of your investments or something <laughs> i don't know like <laughs> wow that was good that yeah, would be I, actually a good tagline I, I don't get it you made I, that up yourself i just made it up but it still doesn't make any sense no it doesn't yeah so herb comes back and he's like oh what awesome action we've had here it was something <laughs> it, it existed all right next week quinn can't wait for this one billy jack haynes versus colonel de beers <sighs> Was he what, ever we good? Make it worse than this, <laughs> this week? Horrible. Was he ever good, Colonel De Beers? And then you pick the worst guy in all of this was Billy Jack Haynes. Oh, I know. And have him Seriously. fight Colonel De Beers. So Larry Sampson, referee Larry Sampson, uh, wants to ref it. And exact quote, I may be black, but you're in the United States of America. That's a direct quote mm. from the referee. Because, you know, I'm Colonel gonna, De Beers racist. I'm not going to really make a comment about no. any of why that's just not good. That they're like, even pushing this angle. Yeah. Yeah, I know. just like some of the modern day implications. Yeah. And I, I just don't even want to comment. No, I don't blame you. However, it, it's very dated and weird. The commissioner, Arnold Ross, who? Yeah. He comes in and he's like, we do not discriminate here in the UWF, whether you're from the Soviet Union or Iran or wherever. Yeah. That's what he said. It's amazing. Like he uses like the, the Russians yeah. and the Iranians yeah. as like showing like, hey, we allow anyone here. Yeah. We wrestle wrestlers where they come from the Soviet Union, Iran, or wherever. And the same thing applies to referees. And that's it. We sign off with the UWF logo, which also says the best in sports entertainment. And it's an Abrams Ross production. So there you go. Arnold Ross, the commissioner, is just also the co-owner of the company. Business partner, I guess. Well, Quinn, that that was UWF uh, Fury Hour 6. It wasn't good. No. It was um, it was basically the UWF we know and love, yeah, or not love. We love or it really. We we know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the UWF that we know exists, right? Yeah. That's exactly how to put it. So thank you to Gino Cuddy for the uh, very kind suggestion there. And all season long, folks, we'll be back with a random grab bag of stuff to review. So put a suggestion on there. We can't make any promises as to what we'll get to when we get to, but we'll. We'll get to yeah. as much of your suggestions as we can, you know, as the time goes on here. And don't forget to please let us know your top two, right? Your best champion and your second best champion for now in the Royal Rankings <laughs> of WWF World Champion. Well, there's only two eligible people. That's what I mean. So also, let us know. Before we go off the air, I just want to once again congratulate Bret yes. Hart on being the best WWF champion of all time. That's right. Currently, of all time. Of currently, at least. And of course, Quinn, you'll be telling me what's on your mind next week as we open up episode number 102. Yep. More of the Royal Rankings. Two more entries. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out our friends of the show 
show. And really, give the Patreon a shot if you want to. If you want to support the show, it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week, thank you so much for listening to episode number 101. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we will see you next week. See ya. Hi, I know lots of you have been surprised, but you've been watching UWF. This true. And this is me, Andre the Giant. So don't be surprised anymore, because you're going to see a lot of me. Because I've been challenging everybody on UWF to trialing with me and to come in the ring against me anytime they want, anywhere they want. Because UWFs go all the way, all over the world. Will you stop? stop.